Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I mean, I kind of want to say, just leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm not doing anything wrong by being me. And maybe that doesn't look like somebody who you've met before, but... I mean, isn't that the beauty of diversity? Hilaria Baldwin y bienvenido a Everyone's Business But Mine con Cara Berry. <laughs> you guys, I have a lovely episode loaded up for you. A conversation between me and host of Buy Pumpkin Podcast, Princess, great friend of mine, um, talking all about Potomac, the reunion. Michael Darby, every everything in between. She even, you guys, she even asked me a few questions about myself at the end. So t- stay tuned for that. I really thought I was going to get off easy. I thought, I'm like, okay, I made a vow to myself. Kara, take a break this week. Only come out with one episode. Two, if you're a Patreon subscriber. Follow me, find me at patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. Take a break. It's the last year of 2020. You post episodes like a freaking weirdo. Take a break. And then a strange white woman from Boston named... Hillary Hayward Thomas or Ilaria Baldwin, depending on, you know, when, when you may have met her, came along and delighted me with this story. You know, I think it, it was definitely the story 
to end cap off 2020 that we deserved and I enjoyed it. So for those of you who are not internet people, Twitter heads, whatever, this story has been making the rounds for a few years. However, really took flight, if you will, over the past few days. And let's just set this up, right? Who is Hillary Hayward Thomas slash Ilaria Baldwin? Um, they are a <laughs> 36-year-old woman who married Alec Baldwin. Ever heard of him? He, they have, you know, a pretty significant, I think, 26-year age difference between them. Um, he is 62, she's 36. They have five children in the, I think, almost 10 years that they've been married. Uh, they are, you know, what I would call a Hollywood wife triple threat. Those threats being, you know, yogi, natural foods chef, Instagram influencer, mommy blogger. That's four. You know, I thought of another one for you, Hillary. So, you know, she's been going about her business, doing her thing, you know, corresponding on extra writing, you know, books that are highly panned for being about the most basic um, information that you could ever possibly give somebody. Literally, I I read a review that somebody was like, if you know anything about health at all, don't buy this book because it's not going to teach you a damn thing. And I don't want to, you know, I made the recipe for that quinoa paella and I didn't like it. Quinoa paella is honestly a perfect nickname for Ilaria Baldwin. (laughs) If you really think about it. So here's what's been happening. She has been, you know, just gallivanting around New York and Hollywood and talking about all of her litter of children and her life being married to the hilarious and wacky Alec Baldwin. What could that possibly be like? What is it like to be married to a man who, um, you know, has been largely an asshole his entire life, who really gets so many passes and so many attempts at being uh, lovable, likable, um, someone, you know, like they're really trying to force like, you know, like we really should like Alec Baldwin. That he's like America's, you know, funny uncle that lets you drink when you're 19, right? So they've been married... And like I said, this has been making the rounds for quite some time, but it really took uh, took flight, if you will, um, over the past few days. Is that um, we've had, we're having a bit of an identity crisis? <laughs> I think that that is a fair thing to say that's happening. So Hillary, throughout of her throughout her career of being, you know, um, not- noted noted healthy white woman of America. Um, She has been slipping in and out of an accent, um, forgetting the English word for cucumber 
on a segment that she did with the Today Show. Um, she has been making references to her um, Spanish heritage and her life in Spain and the fact that her family lives in Spain and how she just moved to, she said in a podcast earlier this year, that she moved to New York at the age of 19 and because her parents are from Mallorca, Spain. So people did their Googles. They took out all the receipts. All of the former classmates of one Hillary, um, you know, all around Boston, people have, you know, found out so many, you know, more genealogical information about her family over the course of 72 hours than I will ever know about my family. <laughs> if I were to spend my time just locked in a room for a month doing straight up research, people have come to find out that Ilaria is not this, um, you know, Spanish lady that we've been presented. And she's actually named Hillary Hayward Thomas. So she, like I said, people pulled out all the receipts. She is claiming her parents, she has um, Spanish heritage on her mother's side. Come to find out that both sides of her family um, are quite, uh, you know, like notably have a pretty strong history in America dating back to, you know, um, the colonies, um, that stories aren't adding up or she's saying that she was born in Spain. Um, and people are figuring out that she was born in 1984. Her mother was in medical school during that time. Um, it seems pretty illogical that her mom would have gone to Spain given birth and then gone back to Boston university where she was going to med school. Um, they're really, uh, you know, they're people, somebody said the only really link that she has to the Spain is the fact that her father learned Spanish when he was in college. The, the hits just keep on coming for her. What I thought was lost in the sauce, if you will, was so funny that happened basically within the same 24 hours of each other is that Laria seems to be a strange and odd duck, if you will. She got into a little bit of a beef with Amy Schumer last week, you guys. So here's the thing. Part of Ilaria's like notoriety is the fact that after all of the babies, she has been able to, you know, have that, you know, a noteworthy body that just magically bounced back minutes after having babies. She looks like, you know, she could run a marathon, right? So she is like, seems to be part of that body inclusivity, body positivity movement that, um, people find largely annoying and, um, counterproductive to the actual movement. So, you know, the thing that people do now on the internet, and this is a hard thing to describe if you're not an internet person, but things, you know, occasionally people will post pictures of other celebrities. The more random, the better. And you post a caption that would suggest that you are giving off the impression that you are the person that you posted the picture of, but you're not, right? That's the joke. So, 
Amy posted a picture saying like, oh, happy holidays to you and yours. And she posted a picture of uh, Hillary. I'm not calling her Ilaria. Hillary. Um, holding her baby in a bikini, looking incredible. And Hillary took great offense <laughs> to the posting of the picture. She seemed to be very confused about why it was a joke. She said she had several people um, chime in and tell her that it was a joke, but she still didn't really get it. But then she goes on and on. What she assumed happened is that she thinks that Amy Schumer has made fun of her body and made fun of her beautiful body, her body that bounces back from all these children. And she posted a four minute video on Instagram about how, um, you know, women like her shouldn't be left out of the body positivity movement. And like, you know, she's been fighting for the thin, beautiful, naturally thin, beautiful women who will never truly have to worry about their weight. (laughs) She's, she's a warrior, you guys. And she's a renegade. And so if you guys not have seen that video, have you, if you guys have not seen that video yet, I highly, it, it's confusing. I feel like I'm not doing it justice by uh, describing it, but look it up. It, it's worth a look. And it really, I think, gives you a great insight into who Hillary is and why this whole story is so funny. People from her school days have come out. And what's so funny to me is that every single one, every single person on Reddit, Twitter, whatever, (laughs) all of them say, I know Hillary. I know her family. I can confirm with you. They are absolutely white people. (laughs) I just need you to know 100% without a doubt, they are white. They are, I don't understand where the accent came from. I don't, this girl's name is Hillary. I've never known her to be Ilaria. This happened when she became an adult. All of a sudden the accent, people from her yoga studio all coming out and saying that this was like a thing that over the course of years, they've been making fun of her like fake accent. Um, There's people who've been saying that Alec had a thing for Salma Hayek. And so Ilaria, excuse me, Hillary set her sights on him by dyeing her hair darker and you know, really modeling herself after her Spanish heritage. So the T is, since all of this really took flight, went viral, what have you, um, both Alec and Hillary have posted videos. Alex, y'all, they were both, what, eight minutes? And I think Hillary's was seven minutes, respectively. Alex's video is one of the most chilling um videos that I've ever seen. I believe shout out to Carrie O'Donnell who said that, um, watching the video was like looking directly at the person who you knew was going to murder you. (laughs) It was, um, it, it was dark. It was very strange. So he does this weird celebrity thing where you don't, you know, that there's something that people, there's an elephant in the room, right? There's something that people want to talk. They want to hear from you. They want to hear you address something they want to, but the celebrity like is going to address it, but like this weird kind of like subtweet underhanded roundabout way of discussing the issue at hand. Right. So it starts off with him just kind of like looking in the camera and then he's 
just rambling. It's, you know, the ramblings of a man who like just doesn't have anyone to talk to, you know, and then you meet him at the park and he's there and, you know, the pants aren't really tight. Like you could tell that, you know, like the buttons halfway, the zippers halfway down and you're like, what's happening here? And then you notice that, you know, maybe he's got a Coors light in his pocket. And you were wondering what that big thing was. And you knew it wasn't like an inappropriate thing, but yet it is because it's 1030 in the morning. And you just wonder what really happened. Okay, that really got dark <laughs> I meant for that to be a lot funnier than it was. But he starts going into his opinions about social media platforms, all the big ones. Everyone got a shout out. He's talking about how he doesn't really care for Facebook, but he has a Facebook account because, you know, as a notable person, you have to be, um, you know, um, you have to have placeholders for all your accounts so people don't take them. And he's going to this uh, spiel about how back in the day he had to buy alecbaldwin.com from somebody because they bought his domain name. And so he's not really on Facebook, but, you know, He doesn't really like Facebook and feels like people shouldn't be on it unless they really have to be. And, you know, he really likes Instagram. And it's really just a shame that Facebook owns Instagram and Twitter. He's like, you know, he's on it, but it's kind of like a swap meet where you're looking at the tables and, you know, maybe there's an old coaster with a name of a bar on it. Or maybe you look further down on the table and there's a, a bottle opener the name of a bar up on it. And these are the examples that he's literally giving, right? And the point he's making is that Twitter is like, there's good gems of information, but for the most part, you have to like riddle through a lot of junk, right? So he's talking about like, you know, he, like he loves Instagram and then he moves into, you know, there are people who the title of the video, by the way, was called consider the source with a bunch of periods at the end. So he goes into like, you know, there are um, people who will just say what in it, whatever they feel like it. They'll say whatever they want. And, you know, lately people have been saying things about people I love and I'm, I know personally and um, people in my family. And I just think it's nonsense. And ridiculous. So he's like trying to defend Hillary, but not really defend, not really talking about the situation at hand. It was a very, very strange thing. Excuse me. Then a, a Hillary comes along with comedy, just pure comedy. She's talking, you know, she's giving you everything. Everything that comes out of the handbook of a white woman apology, especially the one, you know, the the 2020 edition of the white woman apology handbook, right? So she starts off by saying, you know, I I really don't want to take away time for my children, mi niños, and I don't, you know, I don't really want to give this any attention, and but you know, this is really burdening me, and I just felt like I had to address it. And I wanted to talk, I love this, I wanted to talk about this earlier. I love when people say they wanted to talk about it earlier. And then they never really give a reason as to like why. Sometimes it's like, oh, you know, I, I really just wanted to make sure that I said the right things and that I knew, you know, I was intentional and with my word. But 
you know, I didn't take time away from mis niños. And I just wanted you guys to know that I am white, okay? In Europe, there are all kinds of white people. And this was a conversation. Well, let's put a pin in that. This is a conversation that I saw being had. And I thought this was not a conversation that I needed to be involved in, certainly, but I'll relay it for those who might be enlightened. So I saw a couple people in the Latinx community. And please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I didn't read it correctly or maybe I was not um, disseminating those words correctly. But my thing is like, if you want to talk about the harmful aspect of this, right, is yes, you can make the argument that like, is this really that big of a deal when she's claiming to be of Spanish heritage and she's obviously of European heritage, if you want to go back that far, is it really that detrimental if you are claiming to be from one area of Europe when you're really from a different area of Europe, right? That is a fair argument to make. I don't really find this like particularly like, oh my, like a Rachel Dolezal situation where she's really like taking advantage of a marginalized community and using them for her own benefit. No, I don't think it would be fair to say this. I just think it's like, it's just funny. Like, why did you need to be, be like, I'm not white. I'm like spicy white, right? (laughs) Like, like, Like... there, there's a tinge to me, but the thing that I think she has been harmful, if I'm to understand this correctly, is that like she was taking elements and and using arguments for the way she raises her children and her upbringing that are more synonymous with the Latinx community. And I don't, I I'm of the understanding that the people don't people in the Latinx community don't necessarily include Spain as part of their culture. Um, that they really think of Spain as like a European country and that Latinx communities more comprised of like central and South America. If that's what I'm understanding. So to like take things from that culture and apply them when you're a Spaniard to like, as like, though you go through the same things, it's unfair and it's not true. Because generally speaking, the, you know, Spanish people are white and they don't, you know, that eliminates a whole big conversation that could be had about colorism and about, you know, indigenous roots and all of that okay so I just think from my perspective I just think it's like why did you need to do that girl (laughs) like like what what was the benefit the video where she literally is like pretending like she doesn't know the word for cucumber took me the fuck out y'all there were pictures (laughs) people were going digging through her twitter and her instagram where she's tweeting at um Alec where Alec is tweeting something about like oh here's a song for all the Spanish yoga instructors out there and she replied back to him like thank you for representing (laughs) the Spanish yogis out there because I am one (laughs) and and her posting pictures of like years ago (laughs) 
<laughs> taking some of her kids to an Alec to a um Santa Claus. Uh and she <laughs> she called Santa Papa Noel. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. Like, girl, it didn't have to be all this. It did not have to be all this. But thank you. I just want to thank you. Gracias, Ilaria, for giving me a laugh to end out this year. It was a perfect encapsulation to, like, just carry us out of 2020. Just something that was like, this doesn't feel necessary. This is weird and strange. I don't know what's happening. But here we are having to deal with some bullshit. (laughs) So thank you, you guys. Thank you. Thank you for being on this journey with me. And this is like our full calendar year of everyone's business, but mine. Thank you so much to everybody who listened, everybody who commented, everybody who told me that they hated me, continued to listen to me, and then continued to tell me that they hated me because that means that you're still listening and you're taking notes. I love you for that. I love you for that. Thank you to all the people who signed up for the Patreon. Thank you to all the people who commented all the people who left very kind um uh, reviews on apple podcasts all of you all the guests that have come on i've been a very lucky girl i've been very lucky to go out on this on my own and have such a positive response have a community of people who really like seem to think that these like nutty weird things that come straight like a filter from my brain to my mouth to the microphone to your ears that you actually find me somebody that you want to listen to and somebody whose opinion is worth hearing that's shocking i really scammed the fuck out of you guys on that one <laughs> so thank you thank you thank you so much for listening Thank me for speaking. Enjoy this recap of Potomac that I did with Princess. You're going to love it. It's a good one. I love you so much. Bye. Happy New Year. For a year and a half, I have been respectful to them and their family about the mere fact the entire streets of Potomac were talking about the fact that baby ain't his on her trainers. So you want to bring, I haven't said a word. Oh my God. And they know I haven't said a word. Y'all, it's the last episode of 2020. I had to bring it to you, bring a guest, bring a very good guest. And that very good guest for my last episode is Princess. Hello. Hi, Kara. I am so happy I could make it. I did have basketball practice, but I decided that going to basketball practice is actually a really dumb excuse. So I decided <laughs> to come here and record this. I, <laughs> I I was just telling you that I do not want to talk about what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, you've been saying it. You guys, Princess has been trying to get out of, she agreed to do this podcast <laughs> several days ago. More than a week, I would say. And she, since about a quarter of the way into the third part of the finale, she starts trying to get out of it. Slinking around like Wendy. 
<laughs> trying to get out of recording this podcast, and I'm I not really sure. Like that. I'm not really sure what the issue is. I don't really. That feels like a personal problem for me, honestly. That's not my issue, but um, you know, I hope I hope you uh, resolve it within yourself. the The issue is it is a bad season. It's a bad season. And okay, well, that was my first question for you. <laughs> it was. It's just okay. I I think I narrowed down why I've been so annoyed by the last maybe six episodes of this show, right? Okay. First is this fucking three-part reunion with an hour and a half for the third one. Okay. This was unnecessary. It was very unnecessary. And and the other thing is that, do you remember when Portia took a good tug on Kenya's hair at the reunion? Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. pulls her to the ground. Well, I feel like because that happened at a reunion, and then, and I believe it was the second part of the reunion, right? Because, or maybe it was the first part, and then the second part they they had to do something special or whatever. But either way, it was we were at the end, and then they took some time off, and when we came back, it felt fresh. As opposed to we were going to talk about this into the ground for episode after episode. If This has felt like a very long um, season. And Potomac is probably, I think Potomac is, I don't know if it's my favorite franchise, but it's the franchise I was most looking forward to seeing this year. Okay. So I'm just disappointed. So do you think it's fair to judge the entire season off of the last, Six episodes. It's fair to judge the entire season off of what we talked about the entire season. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's fair. You don't think that, like, in the future we're going to look back and think that this was a pretty good season? Girl, I don't even know if we're going to live into the future. I don't know what's going to future me is going to do. Okay. Future me could be crazy. <laughs> Past me is crazy. Present me is crazy. We don't know what I'm saying okay. is that. I do... I do think that when we get into the, like, a little ways down the line, we are definitely going to look at the way some of us acted this season. And I don't mean the cast. I mean the fans. Um, And go, oh, we were tripping. Because some of the stuff people are doing right now is, like, real, mm, like, look at yourself. You You bring up an excellent point because I don't often... Like, spoiler alert, I have, like, my own particular brand of, like, getting involved in these shows and the cast members and things like that. Like, I don't really get into the social media of it all because people, things get weird over there. It's not for me. I'm going to let, you know, certain people have it. But I just, they're just, like, avenues that I don't care to go down. And so this season is interesting because I think, a lot of it is like I'm seeing how people are reacting, especially when it comes to Monique versus Candace. And I find it so interesting how people are viewing the whole situation, how hard people are writing for Monique, how hard people are rallying against Candace. And the reasoning why is very interesting. And it feels very of the time. It feels very current. <laughs> oh, very uh, 
not bipartisan. Very, yeah, very, I'm not going to reach across the aisle. Very, I'm it, not going to get this exactly. stimulus sign. Exactly. Um, do you, that's, that I found what you just said interesting. Does Candace have fans? Um, well, I, I think. <laughs> that's your answer. <laughs> I don't think Candace has fans. I think that there are people who feel like we need to, like, like there is a side over there. But I don't know that people are like, I love Candace. Anything Candace do is good. I saw because I I was riding the uh, the the hashtag last night because I was like, let me please just see what people were saying. I saw one tweet that was Candace. I'm proud of you and the way you're acting and stuff. And I'm just, so, I mean, but not everybody's on Twitter, granted. But I'm just wondering, like, who is, who are the people on Candace's lives that are gassing her up with the yes queen? Who is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the same way that I feel about Jax. Like, who are these people? Where do they live? Where do they come from? They live in How do I avoid them? Um, yeah, it's very strange. From what I have seen, the people who are supportive and defensive of Monique are very passionate. Yes. Because they like her. And the people who are coming in defense and support of Candace are very like, I can empathize with her being in this situation. But not necessarily, that's my girl. Right. Yeah, I think the thing that really annoyed me this season is that is watching so many people talk about this. Like it's such a very black and white issue when it's very nuanced. It's not, it's not one person is all the way right. And the other person is all the way wrong. Yeah. I, I guys, I'll admit to you, I'm not necessarily a Monique fan, but I do like Monique a lot more than I like Candace. And I, before this all started based on what was given to blogs and everything, I was very excited to see Monique, Molly Wap Candace. I was like, I don't know why Mo- why Monique would do that, but Candace deserved it. I haven't seen it. I know she deserved it. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I was like mm, I'm waiting for it. And it was also, you know, when these trailers came out, it was quarantine. You know, I, I needed it. But, but after seeing it, I was like, oh, okay. I still enjoyed it. But I also was like, okay, so now you're going to apologize, right? Because that was... Mm-hmm. You were definitely in a bitch eating crackers mode, okay, at that moment. You were definitely there. And yeah. I and the, I know people all on Twitter have been saying, have you not seen the the footage that's been released that showed that Candace hit Monique first? And I was like, I would love to see that. Cause I but no one's been able to show it to me. And and so afterwards, it's not that I don't think Monique should have ragtagged Candace. It's not that. It's just that I think it's interesting that we are all going off these things like that Monique that she was in the right and and that everything she did was in the right. And I was like, no, I see why she did it, but you're still not allowed to do that. And you're still not allowed to chase people down the hall and try to jump over shit to get to them. Like, don't... (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think, Just yeah. Just say you like her more. Just say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. There's so much nuance. And I think that a lot of people got caught up in wanting to make this a black and white issue and yeah. wanting there to be like a clear right or wrong. And then finding out there that's not the case. 
Yeah. At all. And Candace has been a little evil. I, mean, I don't like her. I don't like her mama. I don't I don't like brown date Chris, but I'll step to the side here and let you tell your story. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> we'll we'll table that for a moment down the road. Okay. Um Get to the red Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a very interesting situation. I, mm, you know, like Monique had fatal, she had outs and she chose not to take them. And instead she chose to take the exact opposite of the like, oh, I can't even like defend you for that girl. Yeah. Um- I, you know, like how one, obviously it would have been her apologizing. One A to that would be apologizing in a timely manner. <laughs> well, the reason she said she didn't apologize was because Candace went to the law with it. And I understand that, that right. once you've got the law involved, I can't be over here talking about, I'm sorry I beat you up, because then you got to, you know, hit record. But also it was on camera too, Monique, so calm down. But yeah, I still feel like you there still could have been a way for you to send a note that says, I am sorry about what happened between us the other day, and I would like to talk to you more about it. And... All this explaining we got throughout the season of like, you know, I had a rough time. I had to learn how to fight. I had to do this. People have been my jealous. Adrenaline, of- my adrenaline has been running for a week. Yeah. Or I, like, I can't be sorry. Actually, and she didn't say this during the season. What happens is she, she gave Instagram lives about this, but I'm actually very upset about some things that have been going on. I heard have been going on in the background that she has been a part of. And I, and because I didn't want to talk about it on camera, I'm not necessarily bringing it up, but I do want to talk about this. That's what I'm mad about. Like, but she's, she told us this and I was just like, so just go tell Candace that. Mm-hmm. And Candace, I, I am still, I, I, I don't know if you, I, I mean, I'm upset that Candace went and filed a police report because it, I mean, it is in her right to do so. Just like it was in Monique's right to, counter sue, put a police report on her or whatever they were doing. But I just felt like, I was like, Candace, have you watched The Housewives? When you do stuff like this, you take it out of, off of the the playing field we're all on. And it makes it very hard to play this game. And I'm not sure what you expected to accomplish by doing that, unless you were going to get some money for Monique. And if that was the case, put on your neck brace, bitch, and say that you can't move, okay? Do that. <laughs> right. Like, that's how you... I wouldn't have moved for three weeks afterwards. I would have I claimed... I would. She would have to write me a check. But if you're not doing that, what do you do? Do you want to get Monique arrested because you guys got into an altercation? Like, I just want to understand what she thought was going to make things... I, I want to say to both of them, each action you took, how did you think this was going to come out for you? Because if you thought it was going to make things better, you're wrong. And you're also Mm -hmm. a liar because you never thought it was going to make things better. Uh, Calling the police on a woman, a black woman. Okay, we'll say it. Calling the police on a black woman means that you are at the point where you are ready to to escalate this shit. Okay? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so if you are willing to do that, you... You're escalating. That's it. You're you're not. You don't tell me that you're like uh, you're trying to resolve things because you can't possibly be doing that. I also, I think, I think it's in within Candace's right to be upset. I think 
Candace gives me big only child energy, even though I know that she is not one. And she was raised with a sister, at least a mm-hmm. sister. She might have another one too. But I, I, so I don't like any of this. I don't like this dabbing of the of the eyes. I don't like this these these uh, post-it notes and shit because you can't come aggressive like this and then want to be victim. And I, I know there's duality in everybody, so it's possible to be both things at one time. But it's the same way I feel about Kenya on Atlanta is that you are an aggressive person who will say the wildest things to people. Like, you don't have no fucking act right anywhere in your mouth. And mm-hmm. so you can't come up in here and talk that talk and 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 really hit below the belt and then start crying. It's really, un- you can't do that. It makes you very unlikable. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I, I mean, having grown up in the household where, you know, you're doing things and your mom is telling you, okay, good thing you did this within the house because when you get out there in the real world, people aren't going to be as kind to you as I am yeah. right now. Yeah. Like, these are things that you should learn. Like, of course, it is not okay to put your hands on somebody, but... <laughs> Talk shit, get hit is a phrase for a reason. Like, yeah, you run up, get done up. Yeah, you you can't expect to just be out there in the world, treat people however you feel like treating them in the moment, and just expect people to take that and absorb it and things not escalate. Like, that's just not how the world works. Yeah, and I also, so what the problem I have here is that I do feel like there's wrong on both sides, but the issue I have is that people saying that it's the exact same level of wrong, a type of wrong, I it yeah. isn't. Like, we do get to say whatever we want to say, and you're still not allowed to hit somebody. Now, do I do I personally believe that? No, I, I think people should hit people. And I I thoroughly enjoyed watching this. I was cheering, and I was like, good. I can't believe Candace hasn't caught one yet. She, the way she talks, she should have been Seriously. beat up a long time. Mm-hmm. Candace been beat up a lot. She has to be. She can't talk like that and not get beat up. She's not possible. Right, and she talks like that because she hasn't gotten her ass beat before. I- um. Same thing with Ken, Ken, uh, Kendra. Kenya, excuse me. I always call her Kendra. She is from Detroit. You know you can't be you can't be putting shit in people's face and calling them a whore on a on a loudspeaker and nobody's gonna grab you. That's not how it works. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Y'all so we open. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We we opened up with part three, which I thought like people had a lot of issues with Andy, and we'll get into that later and how he conducted himself during this reunion. But I think the one point he really did make when it comes to Monique is her lack of emotion when it comes to when she's addressing the situation, it's anytime Candace addresses her or Giselle or Robin, the way she responds back to them is just like, okay, like I'm above this and you're stupid, but I'm just like, I'm just going to, you know, coddle you and answer you and be like, okay, okay, okay. Like I, I you know, like you're so stupid. I'm not even going to like, you know, uh, like I'm not I'm not even gonna get into this with you because I'm so above this. But there's also like there are like shreds of her being introspective and saying things that I'm like, okay, this makes more sense. But for the most part, it's just like a complete lack of emotion towards the situation. Like she's completely put a wall up and has cut herself off. Well, she's and- very angry. 
Yeah, it, there's a lot. There's a lot going on behind behind those hazel eyes. She's she's she is incredibly angry, and I'm not saying she has no reasons to be angry, but and you know, you and I have the same attachment style. Trust no bitch, and so. I think that if we had gotten to this point, I would I would have a similar wall up because it's not there are lots of things going on behind the scenes. By the way, I am so shocked at the amount of people. I always forget how many people watch these shows and aren't like Bravo heads, you know, like they just mm-hmm. watch the show. And so they're like very. They are shocked at the idea that a Giselle would be kikiing somewhere and casually throwing out, let's talk about this next season. They're very shocked. That happens on every fucking show. Mm-hmm. Even your faves do it. Because it's how you survive on reality TV. You, I mean, what she casually decided to bring up was awful. But, like, I, that, I'm so shocked at people being like, Oh well, you know how dare they coming up with things to say on the off season? I'm like, yeah, that's what they do. And right. Things like, we'll we'll get to the Andy part because I don't think they understand when Andy does it Bravo anymore either. Yeah, it, it's very confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. A question for you: Did you feel like Monique Spinder delivered in the end? No. It only had one thing. Like, I'm look, girl, I love a binder. Get me some office supplies. She could have had a PowerPoint in that bitch, and I would have been like, yes, give it to me, Monique. But <laughs> it only had one thing. And, like, I want Giselle to get hers. Giselle is a straight-up fucking mean girl. She, she, I, sometimes I think she thinks we're in school days, like Spike Lee's joint. I think she really thinks <laughs> we're in that shit. Like, she's such a mean bitch. I want her to get hers, but... I was unsatisfied with the Jamal shit because I'm like, yeah, we know. Like, no, nobody thought. Did you think that Jamal and Giselle were in a monogamous, real relationship? No, nothing. No, the entire season I've been like wholly and highly uncomfortable with their relationship ever since Sweet Grace was like, I don't want my father in your life, I don't trust that man. Why would my she? My father. Why would, Why would she? Why would she? I but, also, I've been unsure. I've been like worried about this since I saw a screenshot of them at the Chappelle show. I, mm-hmm. I was like, what are y'all doing? That's not happening. Mm-hmm. This is... Kara, could you possibly get back together with a man who had a baby on you in your marriage? Could you get to 15 years later, 12 years later? Could you do that? I mean, cheated on you prior to you even getting married. Deciding to do it anyway. He has a kid when you have, when you guys are married. Like, kids hate him. Your daddy hates him. Right. And it's like, well, clearly we knew she was, we knew she was damaged when she was dating all those weirdos. Then I'm like, all of these seasons of her dating Sherman. Oh, Imagine sure. looking like Giselle and dating a man named Sherman. The problem is, is that Giselle, everyone says this, Giselle, Giselle has pretty girl syndrome. She has never had to try that hard. She ain't never had to like do shit. And she's getting older, okay? And that neck is getting more rings on it, all right? <laughs> and I'm going to challenge you guys to something. I know this, 
I know we don't like to talk about colorism when we talk about these Bravo shows, but these are black women, so we're going to have to talk about it. I want you to make Giselle five shades darker. Is she still the most beautiful woman you've ever seen in your life? Mm-hmm. Think about that. And I don't know if it will be the truth. Like, I think Monique is the baddest thing on Bravo. I I can't tell you a more beautiful um, housewives. I don't... I. There, I don't think there is one right now. She's but stunning. She is so fucking beautiful. And when she gets her little bob, oh, the girl is, she's amazing. I don't know that if we weren't, if colorism wasn't a part of our, of the fabric of our everyday lives, that Giselle would be the baddest thing walking. I don't think that's true. I think that's, a, that's been a very big part of what makes her beautiful, is that she looks exotic. And She's had that for a long time. And I just think that she's getting a little older now. And the type of man that she is looking to land, the 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 quality's getting lower. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. Well, I also think that she has like, and she's alluded to this as particularly in this season, with regard to her relationship with Jamal being like kind of emotionally unavailable. Yeah. And I feel like that probably has to factor into it quite a bit as well. Yeah. Like there's something about her that's like, I don't want to say incomplete, like that's a cruel thing to say, but there's something going on. There's a this lack of depth Her life there. is not what she expected. She really yeah. expected to be on the arm of a man that other people find very attractive. I think Jamal Bryant is attractive. I see how y'all let him up in the hen house. I see how you get there. I just... <laughs> I just don't know how you let him in there when the news of what he is arrives before he does. I just don't know how you keep doing it. I I can yeah. see how Baltimore <laughs> Jamal gets it. I see it. But like I, I think that she's just really looking for that validation, which is another thing that that annoys me on this show, how validated they are. Like I I actually like Big Chris, okay? But how much people are like yeah, because y'all don't know what it's like to have a man defend you. I'm like, girl, <laughs> that is, yes, the fuck I do, and I don't need one. So what are you talking? Like, people really, it's interesting, the audience that watches this show versus the audience that watches New York and the audience that watches Beverly Hills, if you know what I mean. And the things people, like, these are, a lot of these people are casual watchers because they only watch the black Bravo shows. Um in the in the tweets last night, there was a lot of, if Monique's not back, if Monique's not back, I refuse to watch this. And I'm like, I don't think so, guys. It's going to be a year from now. The trailer's going to come out. You're going to look at it. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They lost NeNe on Atlanta. NeNe's terrible, but she was a big draw for a lot of people. They Vicky's gone on OC. I mean, don't get started there. And yet, Monique's been on this this show, what, three seasons? Uh, yeah. You meant season three, didn't she? We're in season five, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe she came season two? Maybe. But I just don't think that she, this, that this, a lot of the, a lot of the feedback I was getting last night was like that this franchise centers around Monique. And I, I don't agree with that. I think it centers around Giselle and Karen. I don't think it really centers around anybody, but yeah, like if if I had to pick, Giselle and Karen would be the 
the two. So you think they could switch up? They could like bring in whole new girls, and it would be the same. Like, there's nobody that if we lose that they'd be like, oh, no, you don't think it's like that? You're asking the wrong person because I'm really, like, weird about when a housewife leaves. What do you mean? Let's just talk because since Monique, we can just talk about this now. Monique announced that she was going to leave the show. Um, She, first of all, I think it's worth noting before I answer this, that she announced it on a few different outlets, blogs, internet shows, whatever, Zoom chats, recorded Zoom chats, um, that she was offered a contract, both in writing and a telephone call. And she was actually looking forward to it until she saw last night's episode, part three of the reunion, She called production and told them she wasn't going to do it anymore. She said this, like I said, on several different outlets, her alone, her with Chris, all over the place, different platforms. So I, okay. So my one thing is that like, I'm never like terribly upset when a housewife leaves. Like it's not that serious for me. Mm-hmm. I, I very rarely like need them to come back. You think the like, show I, is bigger than any one housewife? Yeah, I just feel like if you want to leave then leave. Yeah. I th- I don't th- I think people should be allowed to leave too. Um I also I also believe she was offered a contract. I believe it because she is incredibly popular and I thought it was pretty much a guarantee she'd be back next season unless she didn't want to. See, I thought the opposite, not because I don't think she's not popular, but I just figured it was, she was too much of a liability, not because Mm -hmm. she put her hands on somebody, but because she is going to be, it's going to be so much more difficult to have other people film with her. Like eventually it was, it's going to be too much for Ashley. She's going to have two kids and Michael. Eventually it's, you know, it's it puts a strain on every, other people. They're like, oh, I don't want to have to film an extra scene with somebody, even though, you know, maybe not because you end up getting paid more in the end. But on the other hand, it's just it's, it's just a liability in the sense of, like, she can't go on the group trips. She but can't you don't back. think that in this offseason, by the way, somebody tried to tell me that we're in the off, that we were already in the offseason because they weren't filming. That's not what the offseason is, dummy. The offseason is the reunion's done and we're, (laughs) that's the offseason. And I know they, I know they record quicker and quicker after reunion, but that, that when you're not filming and you're not, the show is not going, that is the offseason because you still have to do part of promotion while, while the show's going. Anyway. They, right. We also need to understand that the show got delayed a few months. Yeah. So what would have been like a true like few uh, months period off. for them, they're not getting. Right. Do, I, I thought that what would happen in this offseason is that we would come to the conclusion that we all want our jobs. And that if you want a job, unless all everybody everyone says they're not going to film, which isn't going to happen... Wendy is too new and too thirsty for that. Mm-hmm. Ashley's Ashley's gonna film. Um, Robin, <laughs> I'm sorry, Robin is not the one to have on your side. She breaks in a second. 
Karen's gonna film. So the only person that really, really wouldn't have filmed was Candace, maybe Candace, and Giselle. And Giselle, in the end, knows what side of the bread she can't. Every who ain't buying houses. What are you talking about? So I just felt we got a couple of months off of this, and we had a production meeting that said, "Ladies, you you gotta film. You gotta film, or you're not gonna be on this season." I believe they would have filmed. Do you not think that, like, I think they're, I, maybe Candace, and I really, I'm, I, you know, I will never get to know this, but I really was very, I was like, listen, Candace, do not tell them you're not going to film with Monique because you are so unpopular. You, you bring such a small draw to this show of fans that it would be incredibly embarrassing to get beat up and get put off the same season. It is, but you know what? I'll never know that because Monique decided she didn't want to do it. Um, so you think just so, so you think you think they offered her the friend of because some people are saying that. Well, she did clarify by saying that people don't technically know that they're going to be a friend of until the filming process already begins. And that's when production tells you kind of like in the middle of filming where they think your storyline's gonna go, how impactful you're gonna be, whatever. But then she said that I guess the full-time people get offers and she, she said she got an offer. So no, I don't think that she got offered a friend of, I truly felt like she was going to get fired because it just wasn't going to make sense for them to continue to try and like, did, does Monique have the cachet to continue to try and figure out how to film with her separately? Just focus on her family or the few other couple people that might want to film with her. I don't know, but where am I going with this? My point, okay, I don't like to see, what I don't like when a housewife does leave is to see her, like, limp away. Like, this is sort of a, it's sort of like a, uh, (laughs) you know, like, Uh, kind of pathetic. I like you to leave bigger and better things. I do not want, and and I'm sure people think Monique's going to go on to bigger and better things. Monique's not going to be on TV, though. I, I, I promise I will eat my words and issue a public apology if I see Monique on a fucking network television show. Or even on a Fuse television. I I, I just, she's yeah. not going to be on TV. She can't carry it like that. She's such a, I, I do like her as a part of an ensemble, but she's not a main person. No, she's not. So I know there are people out here going like, she's got, she's got shows, she's got this. First of all, all the stuff that you guys like about, by the way, I've always been TBD on Monique. I liked her just fine, but if I worked with her, there's a spotty sense in the back of my head that was like, watch that bitch. Watch her. Because something <laughs> you don't there's something you don't know about that one. But like when we get into the whole of Monique with the anti-vax shit and the the not for lazy mom stuff. And the fact is, so you guys all know what the rumor was that that her best friend Gigi ex-best friend Gigi, who I think was on the show at one point. Like, I think yeah. she was I think we saw a couple scenes of her. And mm-hmm. she seemed like, she seemed shady then. I remember looking at her and being like, mm, I don't know about that one either. But Yeah, Monique had a lot of, like, people around her in the beginning of when she was filming, and they all just felt very, like, like the candy factory. <laughs> yeah, like, is my check ready? Like, it was very... Don Wanish. Anyway, so 
Don Juan was working. These people just seem to be hanging out. You are correct. I stand correct because I don't want Don Juan coming from me because he comes from people. <laughs> Don Juan, you got a job and you get a check and you deserve it. And I'm sorry. But but I know, but you know, I know exactly what you mean. Like just people that just seem to be around. You're like, what are you are, are you here because we're filming? Like, or do you does she like pay you? Like, what's happening here? But um, so apparently Gigi, if you believe Monique, she tried to have sex with Chris. Or she hit on Chris. Right. For money, not for love. I guarantee you that. But fine. <laughs> but if you believe Gigi, Monique was hanging out a lot with her trainer. And apparently, they, they say fucking. But uh, even Gigi says not fucking. But like just spending too much time. And so when they broke, when they stopped being friends or whatever, Gigi went around telling everyone that she was having a relationship with her trainer. And that led, as the women heard that, I mean, Chris heard about it, he was mad. As the women heard that, they were thinking, well, next season we need to bring that up on camera. Maybe we could talk about maybe how that that little kid that looked just like fucking Chris isn't Chris's son. That's, mm-hmm. that's what she's upset about. And I understand, like, I would be upset, too, if someone had said something so so disparaging about my children or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'd be upset, too, Mike. I mean, the kids are on the show, but not like that. And people don't talk about people's kids like that. But what bothers me about it is that, is that Giselle having that conversation with a bunch of other people at Andy's baby shower is not the same as her coming to the show and saying that. And we would have never, I would have never known about the trainer shit. I, if you didn't bring it up, Monique and do a live about it. I would have never known about that. Well, excuse me. I would have, I would have known about the trainer because Giselle said something, but I would have never known about the baby thing if she didn't say that. And this is what is confusing to me though, because what we see go down is that Chris goes gets on stage. He's highly upset. Sure. Very clearly wants to address this with Giselle, who has brought a yet another bodyguard. No props at the reunion, guys. And that includes <laughs> these unnecessary <laughs> ass bodyguards. No props. No props. Um so I here's where I'm confused. Okay, so they and by they, I mean Monique and Chris clearly knew that somebody had said something on camera because they talked about it on IG live before the season even aired. Or maybe right after the first episode or whatever. Well, after um, the first episode, Giselle said something in the first episode. She says, because she's mad at Sharice. Remember, Sharice shows up. She's mad at Sharice. And she says, I'm not even going to talk about it because I'm not going to put it out there in the air. And then then they cut to Giselle, and Giselle says, I'll talk about it. Right. <laughs> Sharice is telling And then she the mentions the, the trainer. Well, she never but, says anything about the kid. Right. But my thing is, Monique and Chris must have known that somebody said something about the kid on camera. Because then later, Giselle saying, oh... Well, I thought it was okay to say because when we went to Newburgh for Karen's, uh, you know, local parade. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We met up with, they went to, they met up at, at Monique's home. Monique's holding Chase. They're all in the kitchen and Chris says, 
to Karen, or to Giselle, doesn't he look like me? Right? Doesn't that look like my baby? And Giselle seems very confused as to why he would say that. Who else would he look like? Chris, big boy. So then we see eight days later, she's in at the hideous furniture store in her even more hideous outfit. Talking think, to Robin. You think she's legally blind and just don't want anybody, don't want her driver's license taken away? <laughs> you think maybe that's what's happening? <laughs> this is like a very special episode of Saved by the Bell where we find out the new kid can't actually read. <laughs> yeah, like. And- She's like, actually, I'm colorblind and legally blind and partially blind. And so <laughs> and that's why I dress like this. And everyone's like, oh, let's accept her. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So we see her eight days later talking to Robin and actually saying, oh, yeah, like, I never said that. I never said that. I never said that that baby was not Chris's or whatever. So how did they know it? How did they know that she said that? I think they're talking to production. I think, you know what I mean? I I, I don't think it's as airtight. And I think producers talk to you especially when you, if you think about how team mom how they make how they like get stuff them to talk about stuff i think right. that when they're in that chair they're saying things and they're like okay so just so you know we filmed with giselle and giselle did mention that the baby does let, even if they're not lying kara even if they don't go in there and purposely lie they'll be like well she did mention your son and how much he looks like chris and how everyone was surprised <laughs> like and she they'll they'll say shit like that and then that you know you cuz they're doing the they're doing the talking heads several times throughout the season sure you know i i wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened but i just i mean that's that's the only option because who else, i mean robin would have never told her Robin, can I ask you something else that I, this is a genuine question. I am not being facetious. Why can't Giselle call Chris big boy? Is this the first person that's ever called that big ass man, big boy? (laughs) Is that disrespectful? I think it's Giselle. I think it's the fact that Giselle is saying it. Okay. Because in all her tweets and stuff, she'd be like, since you want to call him big boy. And I was like, (laughs) what's wrong with that? That's a big ass man. I'm sure he's been called big boy since he was, Two years old when he was six feet tall. I'm sure they was calling him Big Boy. Yeah, I, I'm positive. I yeah, I think it's literally just because it's uh. Giselle. And that that 
sums up my problem with with Monique in general. I I understand where she's coming from. I agree. I would also be upset. I would also, I mean, I do understand the difference between bringing it to camera and talking about it casually. I'd just be like, that's a fake-ass bitch over there. I wouldn't necessarily be like, she tried to ruin my family. That's Those different things. Gigi tried to ruin your family, not Giselle. But I, she is very much in a bitch-eating-crackers mode. And, and as much as I love the idea of that binder, I was like, okay, but you are coming so hard at Candace, who nobody likes. All you have to do is sit there and smile. And we will just be like, yeah, Monique, get her. And so, and so you're coming too hard at that. And also with Giselle, as much as I want to see her get her comeuppance, everything that was said was about Jamal. And if I was Giselle, and Giselle's not smart, so this is why she didn't do it. First of all, I would have let you guys do a will they, won't they this season. I would film with him. I would let you guys see us places. And when you ask me, I'd be like, Oh, that's just my baby daddy. Oh, what? You, you think what? I would I would lead you to it, but I would never say it. And two, on that stage, when Monique came at me like that, I would say, you know what? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. He is a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. But you know, it's very hard. You love your baby, your, your baby's daddy. It's just it's hard to move on from them. I'll talk about it with him. Thanks for letting me know. And then that would have been the end of that. But even still, I'm like, Monique, I want you to get Giselle so fucking bad. But you didn't get Giselle, you got Jamal. And we all knew Jamal was Jamal. So it's almost like um, with the Lisa Vanderpump stuff. Like, yeah, totally. I was, I was very excited for them to get Lisa because she's been doing this shit. But then they got her on a fucking dog. And I was like, this is disappointing. This is not as satisfying as I thought it was going to be because you guys did not get her on the shit she actually does. Exactly. And again, that's, uh, that's, same thing another limping out exit it's like well what was that even worth what was all of there was no there's no satisfactory ending to that you know the real reason she decided to quit right the real reason she decided to quit is because when chris came out there and he was this angry about this it means that she did sleep with the trainer yeah a lot of people yeah thought this was a that's interesting that you said that I got messages earlier saying that people thought that Chris was, you know, he, he was going a little too hard. And he's too big. And I'm not saying that. I don't think what he did was wrong. Like, I don't think he did anything that somebody should be upset about, to be honest. But he's a very large man. And unfortunately, <laughs> big, I'm surrounded by large men. And I, as I tell them, you cannot just roll up on somebody because you look like that. You're not a small person. And so when mm -hmm. you stand up, when you come hard, people assume certain things about you. And that, that's unfortunate, but that's where we are. And if Monique never slept with the trainer, and this kid looks exactly like me, so it's obvious it's my kid, I, it's, it's, it would have come off better if he would have just been like very shaming in that. How dare you not, not if, if Monique and Chris were not like, you're trying to ruin our family. You can't ruin our family because the shit ain't true. What right. if you just said, how dare you speak about my son anywhere? And I don't speak about your children. I don't speak about your dirty dick baby daddy. And that, that would have, but the, it came too hard. And I was like, Oh, Chris, even if they don't, they're not talking about it. Chris thinks Monique did sleep with, the trainer he she he, did do some stuff that was inappropriate 
he was trying too hard and it was going in very strange directions. Like it did start off where he was talking about like, you know, don't bring the children into it. You messed up with that. Like I'm here to defend my child to this like worship of Monique and how strong she is. And she's a warrior. And I've been crying a couple times over how she's made it through and he's weeping in her arms and it's not really making sense sense it's like why he's feeling so much emotion but then I'm thinking in the back of my head I watched Jamal's Binder YouTube video and he was talking about how I mean I can't even say that he was alleging he was basically saying I have heard from several sources that Chris has CTE and he said watch part three you will see Chris have basically some sort of like violent CTE induced outburst towards Robin and Giselle that really just amounted in him walking off stage and saying, I play chess, not checkers. Like what? (laughs) It was, there were incoherent parts of it. And also as just as a rule, I don't like the men. I don't want the men being involved. I like it when the men, I like it, you know what I like it? I like it on Jersey, not when they're fighting at the christening. I like it on Jersey when they're just sitting back there going, I don't know, is a stripper the worst thing you could be? Like, I like it when they're just like, "Mm, you want to have a beer? I like that. When we get a Peter Thomas up in this bitch, I don't like that, man. Because it feels like, and maybe that's, that's misogyny in me, that's internal misogyny. I really do not like to see men and women's business i really don't i if two women are arguing with the exception of saying um if something like is untoward happening i really like them to just be like this is none of my business i i don't know i i'm maybe i'm like uh, i i feel like we as a society don't have like hardline rules about men and women interacting and when is appropriate and when it isn't (laughs) but i will say that this in Chris's case with this reunion, I thought it was weird and I don't understand what his goal was. I don't either. I and it's so funny because I do like them together. I think they're a cute couple. I love that he's so big and she isn't. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I, I yeah, you brought up an interesting thing last night is that I mentioned, we could talk about this now, how much how sexually attracted I am to Chris. Bassett and Brown Dick Chris for those who don't know Brown Dick Chris uh, (laughs) Candace is Chris and you asked me why I wasn't attracted to Monique's Chris and I used to be first of all he's a very large man I just feel like he would break me in half so like logistically I just can't even picture in my mind going there with him But also, like, I found him to be very charming, but not necessarily sexually attractive. Okay. I also think that the, so for me, I'm very attracted to, well, first of all, my first sexual attraction, the thing that floods my basement is somebody that looks like they're going to run up my fucking credit. Okay. If you look like you are going to steal my car and run up my credit, I'm very into it. But I've like evolved from that. And so after that, the next thing that's really attractive to me is somebody who I feel takes care of you, does things for you. And, and so 
when I'm looking at Chris and Monique's relationship, that doesn't do it for me. I don't care that he has a lot of money. The fact that he's like, you do it. You, I pay enough for you to do it. That, that, that turns me off. And so, right. I think that's mm-hmm. part of it. And then Brown Day Chris is very much, you know, I, <laughs> I was texting about Brown Dick Chris and Black Dick Chris last night. And I was like, my husband's name is Chris. I was like, I really hope he doesn't look at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but Brown Dick Chris is, um, the way he talks to Candace, he seems to be the voice of reason a lot of times. And he, mm-hmm. but he also isn't going to let her be disrespected. And so when he yeah. told people, get out of my face, you can disrespect your woman all you want to, but you're not going to disrespect mine. I was like, oh, okay. I like that. That you was know, hot, right? That was hot because he's like, because you know what? If you, if you're with your partner somewhere and you're, and they're wrong in something, obviously you're still got their back. And in the car home, you're like, yo, you was wrong. I can't even believe you fucking said that. But you still have their back. And that's what Chris sometimes does with Monique. There are times when he's like, you have to shut the fuck up, which I, I'm also upset to say I'm attracted to. But still, <laughs> I need someone to tell me to shut the fuck up sometimes. So still, though, like it seems like he has his best, her best interest in heart. He seems like he cares about her. And when she's acting out, he kind of like forgives her for it. That's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're going to stay together. The two tiered part of him saying that at the engagement party, holiday party, is that it's like he recognizes that Michael is a bad man. Okay. And, and you, you bring awareness to that fact. And he, it was, it was the saying like, I know that you're a bad guy and I see the way you treat your wife and it actually is disgusting to me. Like, I like that he was defensive of Monique and cared for her, but I also like that he recognized that he, there was another man who was behaving in a shitty way. That is all nice. If he would have said, so you could treat your wife however you want to, but you're not going to treat my wife that way. And by the way, the reason Juan don't want you because he don't want you to treat him that way either. And if he would have <laughs> said that, I would have been like, okay, I'm on brown dicks. Do you think Chris and Monique are going to stay together? Um, I wouldn't be surprised either way. It wouldn't shock me that like... She kind of reminds me of like a um, like a Chelsea Huska from Teen Mom or a Kim Zolciak, and oh that God. they like Kim, thrive definitely. on the chaos. Yes, and the like the oh my God, I'm a mom. I'm I'm doing all this stuff. It's so wacky. My kids right, right. are just around, and how do I do it all? And look, look, I'm in full glam every day. And oh my God, you know, like there's something about like she clearly thrives off of, like the chaos and like. That I can do it all and not for lazy moms and you know like super no way I'm talking about Chris I, I, I misspoke I meant Chris okay. and oh um well again I wouldn't be surprised either way <laughs> I actually see a better chance of Chris and Candace than I do Chris and Monique I think let me let me answer the question that I didn't even know I asked because I definitely said Monique. <laughs> so, but Chris and Monique, I think that what's going to be hard for them 
Like the show is already hard for them because Monique star is rising. And she has always played second fiddle to Chris, obviously, for obvious reasons. But I think that if Monique gets herself a decent platform, like, I don't know, gets that website together, actually gets her podcast really going, like, consistently every fucking week and not once every six months, if her star really continues to rise, I don't think that's going to work out between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I also feel like her star is hers to lose and I don't think I don't think she has what it takes to hone that yeah she's very much in a Stasi position from Vanderpump yeah. Rules where yeah. you're very popular you people are on your side and now you're off this show and so the question is what do you do next and you gotta do it now you can't mm-hmm. wait a year or it's gone you gotta do it now so, like, last night when she quit, she should have been announcing something as well. Um, mm-hmm. she, but if she can get her stuff together next couple of we- in the next couple of weeks, then we'll see what happens. The problem is, it seems like, what is, how much did she say she spent on that podcast? $100,000? Six figures, for sure. Disgusting. Girl, does she not know where to get a Yeti from on Amazon? Because you could just get one of those and, get, and download Audacity and, like, can't do a podcast. There's no need. A hundred th- six figures. Woof. But like, so we'll see what happens. She she tends to hire relatives. You know, she's got that that issue. Um, as far as Candace and Chris are concerned, I see Candace and Chris limping along for a little while, and I see them breaking up as well. But I think it's gonna what's gonna happen is that uh, Candace fights dirty. Like she's the type of person that you guys get into a fight of the dishes. And she brings up some shit about your mama that she has had in her back pocket for six months. And it sometimes it's hard to come back from that kind of shit. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. also, you know, I think we should... How old is Candace? She's like... Um, 30? If she's 30, I will be very shocked. I'm going to look this up. Because I think one of the things the girls don't realize... Um, about Candace is that she's so much younger than they are. And so like things like getting on oh, the she's internet. 34. She's 34. And how old is Giselle? Isn't she like 50? Yes. Okay. Um, I think that a lot of the stuff she does on the internet is a result of her being a lot younger sometimes because Giselle will do some mean shit, but I don't know that she will go on an Instagram live and call your pussy droopy. You know, I just don't think that's like a thing that she might do. But no, Candace, I feel Candace is an internet person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. I, mm, I kind of feel like, and I hate to say this, but I'm just gonna say it that I feel like if Chris and Candace break up, it's going to be because Candace fucked it up. Yeah, it's not gonna be that he cheated on her or whatever. Yeah. But it's going to be because she does something and he's not willing to forgive her. And I think Candace relies on people forgiving her a lot. That's why she can get real wild. And then later, I mean, so honestly, as much as I dislike Candace, I gotta say this season, she has been on better behavior than I've ever seen her. In every aspect with her mom, with her, with Chris, with all the housewives she's been handling, I think we have not seen her outside of that fight 
handle a situation poorly or not apologize when she needed to apologize or not hold herself accountable when she needed to hold herself accountable. Which is, like, you know, I, I don't want to be saying that about her. It, it, exactly. I was just about to say, like, I don't really, I'm not Candace Hive on any mm-hmm. day, but you have to, you know, fact or facts. And you have to. And that's it. why it was so disappointing to watch Monique because I was like, just tell her you're sorry. Tell mm-hmm. her. Listen, I don't like the way you talk to me. And so when you came at me like that, next thing I know, I was throwing bows, okay? But (laughs) I wish I didn't do that. I wish that you and I could sit down and have a conversation together. And, like, if we don't fuck with each other, we don't fuck with each other. I wish we didn't get there. And I'm sorry that happened. I That's what, just say that. Because the thing is, I think Monique is sorry. I think she is, I think there's too much pride there to really she's not convincing me like even though she did apologize and I thought her apology on its face was good I just think it was like a song if you're sorry well right it was too little too late it was also backed by a litany of receipts (laughs) that would suggest that she does not feel actually sorry but (laughs) what she did say (laughs) I thought was nice I didn't think I don't I thought Candace had the right answer to this I don't really Candace has more sympathy for childhood trauma than I do mm-hmm. I will say that so when when Monique is getting emotional about how her father used to stick his finger in her face when she was growing up and how that was a trigger for her and when she's saying, like, oh, it really wasn't about you, like, my lashing out wasn't about you, I'm like, okay, I can accept that. And I can yeah. also accept, like, because I don't think it was about her either. I honestly think it had a lot more to do with Chris. I think it had a lot more to do with Me hormones. Too. Yes! There was, you know, some postpartum happening. And you gotta walk in here and you know some of these bitches have been talking shit about you? Mm-hmm. And I also want to know the time. So, maybe, because... You basically you have all the gossip all the time. I want to understand the timeline because why is Chris and Monique trying to drive Zelle around and doing all this stuff if they already know at that point that she prior to the season starting she was saying that about her kid? Did they find out later? Is that what happened? I don't know because it doesn't make any sense. It it. Like, being upset about that makes sense. The timeline doesn't make sense. I want to know when they found out. Because before then, they were... Did they find out... Like, I got a feeling. And I could be wrong about this. And if I am wrong, I will apologize to... I guess to you, Kara. But (laughs) if I am wrong... But I got a feeling they didn't find out until after the season wrapped. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think... Monique was fighting Candace because of that. I I think it's all the things you said. Childhood shit. Pressure. You got two small kids and a fucking bird and a husband that be saying shit like, well, I paid. Didn't I give you enough money to take care of this? Uh, you've got, you have to walk in here and film with some of these girls that haven't liked you since A1, day one. And, you know, you, you guys, these are long hours. You guys are drinking half of it. And Sharice 
is walking around spreading the rumor that you were fucking your trainer and you believe that Candace invited her to this party so she could get on screen and say it. I don't think it's about the kid yet. I think it's about Mm -hmm. that Sharice shit. And you know Mm -hmm. how you've been on the show three seasons, maybe four, and you know how this shit goes. You know that people invite people to parties so they could go in a corner with a camera and go, you heard this? And then it's on camera because she knows because the drunk driving shit that Ashley did to her fucking two seasons ago. Right. Where Ashley, and I don't know how how you got over there with Ashley, where Ashley was like, I know what I know. Your ass was drunk. Like, so she knows how it works. So all this is going on. It's building up and building up and building up. And there's, you probably actually have some problems in your relationship, not just the money stuff and helping stuff. The fact, I'm sorry, you maybe. Maybe the trainer is somebody that you wish you could be with. Maybe you had an emotional affair with. I don't fucking know. But you got all this shit. I wouldn't either because it doesn't seem as much as Chris Samuels does the I'm going to take care of my wife and my babies and blah, blah, blah and black excellence and, you know, respectability politics. Shit like that. As much as he does that, I don't think he's emotionally fulfilling for Monique. I don't think he's someone who's around a lot, who you can talk to your feelings, who you can say actually, who's pressuring you to have more kids even though you told him that you don't know if you could handle it I don't think he's that, but this trainer who you see every day, who's complimenting you on your body, who's like maybe talking about essential oils with you because you know you love that shit maybe he's doing, <laughs> he's doing that and he's encouraging you and you telling him, oh, after I do this workout I gotta go because you know, I'm I my website's launching today. He's like, good job and c- congratulating you because he don't have to pay for it. And all these things. Yeah, I can see that happening. And so you got all this shit going on and you walk in there and even though Candace has been trying very hard all season, today she got she got a little uh she got a little smart mouth and she got the nerve to put her finger in your face. And it's time to go off. That's like I completely understand all of that, but I wish Yeah. She had told us that and just said, guys, I'm going through it. Shit. <laughs> and she just happened to be there. And I wish she told Candace that. And and I feel like the whole season go a whole different way. I do think that Giselle used any opportunity she fucking had against Monique because she doesn't like her because she's jealous of her. And also Monique ain't trying to be her friend anymore after all the shit Giselle has done. Mhm. Wait, what about this? Uh-oh. What if What if at some point there was a conversation between Candace, no, Monique and Chris. Okay. In which, you know, and probably her pastor and the pastor's wife, right? <laughs> um <laughs> in which she does admit she was getting some sort of emotional, some sort of gratification from this trainer, right? Right. And they probably and go to one of those churches that tell you don't be friends with opposite sexes if you're married. Like, if you're married, you can't have any other friends. Right. So even just being friends, like friendly texting him and stuff, was crossing the line. I think that Chris is probably like many wealthy guys, many athletes, hus- you know, the husband's. Uh, where you're like, oh, you know, like I can just throw the money at the problem. She'll be taken care of. Uh-huh. Why do I need to, what is the difference? He doesn't understand like 
what it what the optics are between like I'll just throw some money and you can hire two new nannies between and like I will help you as your partner I'm and upset. as your husband do something. Yeah, I hate seeing you run down like this. We're gonna we're gonna fix this for you. You know, also Chris grew up poor. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where I bet you anything. He's got that mammy of his. I bet you anything that when she, uh, Monique complains, he goes, my mama raised five kids in the projects. And we right. did this, this, and this. And you got this, and you got this. I don't see what's so for the problem. She was by herself. She didn't I can get see. to have no bird on her shoulder. Yeah, my mama always wanted a bird. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and you can see the person that says that instead of going, oh, man, I didn't know that you were actually, like, exhausted from all the stuff you're trying to do to help. And, like, Monique has a, has a hand in Chris's businesses. Like, she does things for those. Like, she's not just at home. She actually shows up to meetings and, and makes sure the office. Like, she does everything. She's a lover and a secretary, okay? And so, <laughs> working, working every day of the week. Exactly. Um, my other part was think about like okay you're going to work out none of the kids are there yep somebody's paying attention to you mm-hmm. somebody's being encouraging to you like you said i i would imagine that there was some sort of allusion to yeah i was getting my needs elsewhere emotionally yeah you know whatever chris got so freaked out by that and he was like, listen, I'm never going to bag a bitch anywhere near as hot as Monique. Never. I've already had kids with her. No, so. even if you got someone that is as hot as Monique, she's not going to be Monique. Because Monique, like, takes care of kids and mm-hmm. and uh, make sure your mama gets that car and shit like that. He's going to get some Instagram model that won't come out, that doesn't wake up till fucking 2 p.m. That's right. what he ends up with. Right. Monique is the best he can fucking do, and I hope she fucking knows that. Exactly. And so he probably got freaked out. And now we're seeing overcompensating Chris talking about, oh, my beautiful black queen, I'm crying in your shoulders. Yes. Okay. Okay. I mean, the truth is that, like, they keep telling us we only see a small parts of their lives. And it's, that is absolutely true. But yeah. if what you show us, I know they don't have control of the editing, but what you give us on the screen. Does it make sense with the rest of what you show us? We don't have to come up with the rest of it like me and Kara just did here, okay? And <laughs> if you make us come up with it, then you fuck the trainer, Monique. So you have to, you should just be honest with us. <laughs> I don't think she fucked him, but I do think there was an emotional relationship happening. I bet he, I bet you that he text her something about her being beautiful or about her being the type of, like she, maybe she was like, I can't, I can't trade today. I'm just having so much stuff. My, you know, arguing with my husband and blah, blah, blah. And I bet that trader texted her something like, you're a very beautiful woman and you have lots of options or something that like in context isn't terrible, but mm-hmm. like if you read it in a text message, you'd be like, who the fuck is this? So <laughs> I, I, I bet something like that happened, but that's fine. I just, as much as I like Monique in general, I do. I mean, I do like her a bit. And I was not impressed with her this season. And I was, every time I was ready for it to happen, the fight or the receipts or whatever, I was disappointed. I was like, this doesn't feel 
true. This feels like overcompensating. Yeah. This feel it's you're not coming off, and you're such a popular person. So you're back to you saying her limping off, right? I feel like the reason she's gone is because next season she knows she's gonna get it. You you come to the green with the binders. We already everybody's got a hint that some shit's going on in your marriage, okay? And I think that next season is gonna be her bad season, and so she's like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. And I well, I mean, would you if if you really didn't need the money? I mean, that's number one. Why would you put yourself through this? She didn't need the money, the money when she went in the first place. It, well, exactly. Because that's why it's hard to get these bitches on the show. Because if you got the money that we want to aspire to, and you've got the life, who the fuck wants to go to reality TV and ruin your life? Well, exactly. That's what, like when people were saying, like, oh, my God, Oprah is going to be the next president. Why the fuck would Oprah be president? Do you know how good she's got it? Yeah. You know, like, she lives I, um, in, a, in a zip code. Air, like, she's not going to take on the world's issues by becoming president. Like, come on. Oprah got mermaids. She don't give a fuck about us. So, like, she's. What she's, is 400 grand to Oprah? Nothing. And then you have to travel all the time and you don't get to go. And, and they'll probably be telling her that she can't have Gail as her vice president. No, she's not doing it. Okay? <laughs> she's not doing it. And you know she got 15 dogs. So you know she's not, she's not doing it. <laughs> but so when I talked to Monique about so when people were like, she doesn't need the money, I'm like, you're on this show. You need the money. You want the money. Okay? Because you don't yeah. have... And people will say, well, it's about platforms, about this. I was like, I don't know. If you have enough money, you could buy a platform. What are you talking about? So... Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, well, obviously I wouldn't be on reality TV. I'm boring and ugly, okay? There's no reason for me to be on reality TV. But if I was Monique, I think I've made the wrong decision. Monique should have came back next year. And what she should have done is strengthened her bond with Ashley. During the offseason, she should have actually apologized to Candace so they can all, and let production do the thing where, like, you guys have to film or fuck it, we'll let you go. You're one of the black franchises. We don't care about you as much anyway. You know how they do us, okay? And then what she should have done is she should have got them to bring another person in. She should have strengthened her relationship with Ashley and Karen and the new person. And she would have had a fine season. It would have been a, a rebuilding season, like Portia and Candy. Remember remember that season where... Yeah, Por- yeah. And Portia, Portia handled it beautifully. Her calling Candy and inviting her somewhere. And then Candy goes, well, who all going to be there? Like we all say. And Portia said, me and you. And it said, just kidding. <laughs> you don't want to go nowhere with me. <laughs> Portia handled that fucking season fairly well. So like, she, that's what she should have done. She should have built her platform even more. She should have, by the time she left, she should have, her website should have been super big. Her podcast should have been on point. She should have had a, had a gig on E during red carpets or something. That's that's how you fucking leave. You don't yeah. leave because you felt like you didn't get the edit you didn't want or Andy didn't ask the right questions. Andy don't never answer the right, ask the right questions, bitch. Ever. So Yeah, she should have definitely gotten like, you know, like a monthly spot on extra. Yeah. Extra still on. <laughs> she should start a YouTube channel where we see her closet and she we see her uh, feeding that bird. Milani, cooking yeah. with Milani in the kitchen. Yeah. By the way, guys, it's not hard to potty. You guys were so fucking excited about 
curve potty training a bird and potty training a baby. It's not hard. People do it every day. They just, the reason people do not potty train infants like Candy and uh, uh, Monique did is because infants can't go to the bathroom. The reason they're in diapers is because you don't have to be like, oh, it's about four hours, so they're going to pee again, so let me take them to the toilet and then hang around. That's why people are in diapers. That's why you wait till they're toddlers, because then they can walk their asses over there themselves. She's not doing anything amazing. Even with the bird, you just time about how long it takes them to go to the bathroom, and you do it again. Like, people thought she was a witch. What is wrong with them? I don't know. They was like, let me buy some of them oils. Shit. Like, she's doing <laughs> I mean, it is impressive that that T'Challa was using the actual toilet. I am not impressed. (laughs) I'm not impressed. The problem with Monique, I so a while back, I had an opportunity to write for her website when she was really trying to when she first first started. Like, I was approached to um, freelance, and I said no. And the reason I said no was because I said that's a dumb title, guys. And and they were like, well, she's not really like that. I was like, yeah, I know. I know. But the problem is, is that I'm not, I don't want to be associated with a brand, even by freelance, even if I don't, even if I just, you guys are just paying for content, because I don't know what direction they actually went into. But I don't want to do this because it makes it, like, there aren't any lazy moms. And the ones that are lazy have CPS cases against them. This isn't a, like, being a mom is very hard to be lazy. And the idea that, like, Monique gets on TV, this is a bothersome thing about her. She gets on TV and says things like, I shake up my own minerals. I, uh, I, 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 I'm potty trading an infant. And she's like that. Girl, that's extra. That's you being extra. That is not, like, somebody... Mm -hmm who actually has to go to work every day, who uses diapers like everybody else in the fucking world, is not lazy. Like, the way she talks... But I don't think she ever acknowledges... I mean, she acknowledges money, but she never acknowledges the fact that she gets to do those things because she has a lot of fucking money. That's why. You get to, you get to go to a trainer every day and have this amazing body. She's so fucking beautiful. But... Because you got money. And so, like... This idea of you calling people who don't work out every day and who don't potty train their infants lazy grates on me. It's a bit like this is part of the problem with Monique. I know Monique doesn't have any real consultants. Just like every black celebrity in the world, she hired all her cousins because someone would have told her, don't do that. That's not like. I feel like I could get in a room with her for like 25 minutes and her whole life would change. I think so too. I, I think so too. I think. First of all, stop behind TT and them. Stop mm-hmm. it. Because they they don't do the shit they're supposed to do. Also, release the tapes of Michael. <laughs> release them. <laughs> Give them to us. We want to see them. We don't believe you. <laughs> Can I just talk about this is a scene in the this uh part three that killed me. Okay. Candace, there's a little segment between Candace and, and Karen and the dis- dissolution of their friendship. Oh, yeah, or like, yeah. Whatever. And so Candace starts to cry and she gets her prayer cloth or, you know, her tear cloth out about how, you know, uh, she had texted Karen, um, you know, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I would like to know, like, you know, why when I sent you a private text message expressing my (laughs) expressing my disdain for you continuing to make these two and she's pointing at Robin and Giselle culpable for what happened. So if y'all don't know, on social media, Karen was 
suggesting that Robin and Giselle had more to do with the fight than they were letting on and that maybe they were partially responsible and they had there were touches and stuff that like perhaps Monique thought it was Candace but it was really Giselle that was doing it and all these sorts of things so Candace was upset with Karen because she thought she didn't like that Karen was throwing the green-eyed bandits under the bus with this whole fight thing and so, so Candace asked Karen, why, when I expressed that to you, why did you then, like, basically go by behind, behind my back, go to Bravo, and tell them you felt threatened by me? And then Karen says, so Candace texted her that she was going to burn in hell. And it, it's like, well, Candace, maybe we could have learned a lesson here. Again... <laughs> These are consequences of you saying things that you probably shouldn't. You got the nerve to be up here crying. You want to cry about it. I thought that was so funny that, like, she really thought that she was going to get Karen in this gotcha moment. And granted, like, is go burn in hell, like, that much of a threat? No. No, but also, don't act like you came over here like, Karen, could you please help me? That's not how you came, bitch. Exactly. (laughs) You told me to burn in hell. And and so it was so funny that Karen was like, well, that's, I, I just, it, it wasn't Candace that was saying that. So like, of course I had to call your boss and suggest <laughs> that you needed to go through some sort of psychological treatment. Like you forced my hand, Candace. I love Karen. <laughs> I think that, that what's, we're, why we love Karen so much this season and a little bit last season too, is that after the money issues, right? Karen stopped pretending with us. Remember, yeah. so before that, she was like, and she was always like, Black Bill Gates. And now she's, you know, she just like, it is what it fucking is. And that's why we like you, because you're not over here pretending. And and I think right. people should take notes of that. Just her, even her problems with Ray are understandable. Like, mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you be having problems? You married a much older, not much, but I mean, not, it's not the same as like Ashley and Michael, but you married an older man and now his motherfucking ass is real old mm-hmm. and things, I mean, long-term relationships are hard and the kids are gone. Like, dude, yeah, yeah, this is how it goes. And so her giving us that, like, I think that what, what housewives tend to do is they tend to like not want us to know their business, but if you give us your business, we won't make up your business and we probably can relate to whatever the fuck it is. So it's so much easier now that the tax, like all that stuff and so now we can watch you win. Everybody loves to watch somebody be thrown off their pedestal, get up, shake themselves off and like get a wig line. You're like, we love that. So (laughs) I'm like, I'm enjoying, I mean Karen is a goddamn liar. I do not believe Karen. But I don't care to believe Karen. I think I'm having so much fun with her hometown parade. I'm having so much fun. Like, she's just, I just like her right now. And it's because she's not trying to be better than us. And Yeah, and so when she says these, like, profound, and I'm putting that in quotes if you want, these profound things, like, I want to listen to her now instead of rolling my eyes. Yeah. And here we go. Um, yeah, I thought that this was Karen's moment to shine, mm-hmm. her season to shine. The crown has been affixed onto the Dom's head, and I'm ready for it. I'm here. 
yeah. and I'm gonna curse I love it. <laughs> I'm not gonna curse you, but I'll I'll, I'll definitely <laughs> give you a thumbs up, Karen, because I'm into it. I hope I hope her and Ray work out. I mean, I don't think either one of them is a bad person. I just think no. y'all been in this shit a long time, and if I were Ray, I'd be tired too. Why doesn't Karen let his ass move to Florida? You can, Karen, you can keep a place here in Potomac, and you let you have a place in Florida. And you fly down, you be up here while you're filming for three months. And you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, let that man is old, let him rest. Right. <laughs> I think he's my granddaddy's age. So please let that man sit down somewhere. <laughs> so. Ray was having the best time during this reunion. He was living his best life. Yeah. He was cracking jokes. When he said, when Andy asked him, like, how did you feel about Karen saying that she wanted her money back? And he said, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I was here for it. <laughs> yeah, because that's what something my husband would say to me. He'd be like, oh, you, you could try. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, that's a that's a, a very casual thing. Like, it sounds like they're in a relationship. Not, mm-hmm. not, like, when you get to Michael and Ashley, Ashley and Michael don't seem like they're in a relationship. No, no, no. I, I, I just said earlier, like you, somebody could teach a class about Ashley and how she gets along and navigates through the world. I think it's incredibly fascinating mm-hmm. watching Ashley try to explain away and answer for Michael and defend Michael. It's, it's like. Trumpian and let me explain that by that I mean it's like um Kelly what's her name Kelly no oh you know the one with the daughter with the daughter (laughs) yeah the one that's on TikTok or my mama around here coughing (laughs) yes Kellyanne Conway Kellyanne Conway so there was one point where I would watch Kellyanne Conway and then somebody alerted me to a Twitter thread about how Kellyanne communicates. And her way to do that is you take, somebody asks you a question. Let's say I'm Kellyanne. Somebody's asking me a question. You take just a piece of what they said that you can take and spin it into something else. You don't really answer the question And then you have managed to shift the conversation into a conversation that really has nothing to do with the question that you were asked. And her tactics of diversion are so interesting how she, when somebody will ask her a question that should be embarrassing towards Michael specifically and kind of secretly begs to ask the question of why are you still with this man? (laughs) She'll inevitably turn the question around and blame herself. So like the last time I thought this happened was on watch what happens live after the finale party. Yeah. And Andy asked her like, weren't you embarrassed by Michael's behavior and blah, blah, blah. And she turned it into, Oh, I just want you guys to know that like, actually I was drinking more that night than I had since I had the baby or, you know, whatever. And it turns into like her drinking more when this, 
all of Michael's weirdo behavior at the finale had nothing to do with Ashley drinking. Nothing I, to do whatsoever. I do Her. not. Ashley, do you do you just want Ashley to say, "I'm comfortable where I am"? I don't know that there will ever be an answer <laughs> that'll be satisfactory for me. Right. I don't know what I want from her, but I know that what I'm getting from her is not the truth. Right. It's not the truth. She's not answering the questions. And she's claiming that what we see is not the truth. And I I can understand that. On reality TVs, a lot of times what you see isn't the truth. But we see too much. Like, it's, it's impossible this isn't the truth. And I... She doesn't have a pro snup anymore because of like it was for so many years or so many kids or something. She was saying this today, I guess, that she doesn't have a post snup anymore. So what the fuck is she doing? Yeah, exactly. There's no Yeah, I thought that, that I had written that down. What did you think about there being no more? Well, she said did she say that there was no more prenup and that they're like talking about a post snup? No, I thought she said, because she signed a post-nup. Remember when they were about to get divorced? Right. So that, that post-nup throws the prenup out. Okay. So, so that's your new agreement. And she says that because, I, I believe it's because of the, the years involved that that post-nup is no longer valid. So now that she's gotten, so, so, so it just is what it is. I don't get it. I get why, like, wait, I do get it. I get how Ashley ended up with Michael with those watery bulldog eyes. I get it. Ashley, well, I mean, clearly she's trying to, she's clearly trying to recreate a relationship with her father. Recreate a relationship with her father and also monetary considerations, which I don't hate Ashley for. Ashley's a beautiful young, what is she, like 25 now, 26? No. How old is she? She was like 22 when she got on the show. How old was she? She's 32. Oh my gosh, she looks so young. But she's a young well, maybe it's, that's how old she was when she got with Michael. I don't remember, but she was very young. I just feel like Michael gets to have Ashley, and Ashley gets comfort. I get that. But Ash, but Michael is so disrespectful to her, and he always turns it around to somebody else talking, to somebody else. He he would never treat Juan like this in his life, okay? No. And I also don't understand... How oh that's that's a good example of what you were talking about. So they talked about how Michael been cheating on her, just cheating on her because he wants to. And she said, Well, it's my fault because I we did have some threesomes. Bitch, mm-hmm. having a threesome is very different than you not answering your phone and bringing a bitch to a hotel room. That's exactly. Whole, what, exactly. What? Bitch, and like, what so are you talking about? Right. It's totally veered off course and it makes you you don't even think about how weird and wrong it is that what she just said until after the fact, and then you it's too late now. So yeah, exactly. Like what and is also, of having she threesomes. Yeah. She, why would an old man like that marry a young girl like you unless he was gonna get some threesomes? He's just getting some freaky sex. He you probably did a lot of shit you that he hasn't been able to get from you know what I'm saying? Like He's, why would we be shocked by you and your threesomes? He won the lottery. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> what is like throwing the money out the window? Sixty percent of wealthy white dudes who are old and can't get what they feel like they're owed out of women. She is biracial. 
bisexual, uh-huh. hot, yep, young, uh-huh. gray hair, gray gray hair, F- former pageant queen, yeah, oh, bitch, yeah, lottery. He won the fucking lottery, and but the thing is, remember Ashley's mother has a drug problem. I don't know if it's active, but she has one. She, she was living on his, in a tent with a young child and a homeless man. Yes. She, she has a drug problem. She was texting Ashley. Can she get $500 real quick while Ashley was in Paris? Don't nobody need $500 real quick. Okay? De- she, some Stuff's going on with Ashley's mama. I get it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and Ashley feels responsible for her mother. Ashley feels responsible for her younger sibling. Ashley is trying to recreate a relationship with her daddy. I get what Ashley gets out of it. What I mm-hmm. don't understand is that what makes Ashley think she can't get another rich man? That's what I'd like to know. He's so disrespectful to her. I don't care about him dating other, I don't care about him dating men. I care that you are asked, you're asked supposed to be on a business trip and you're on grinder. That's what I care about. Mm-hmm. It's rude. And it, it's a, every time he's away from her, he finds the most profound way to disrespect her and their relationship. Like, you couldn't be away from her for not six hours be- before you're in your boxer briefs at the Hard Rock Hotel. And they claim you just fell asleep and you don't know how. Drunk people who pass out don't take off all their clothes first. No, they don't. They don't. If you're so ashamed, you don't like lazily get out of the bed and check your phone and sit around in your boxer briefs and you know you don't Kara no. if I wake up with somebody I barely know in a room after I drunk passed out and I'm naked I'm like why am I naked <laughs> what what happens what what I'm what, taking what? my clothes and going into the bathroom I yeah I'm I'm not gonna sit there with you because I don't fucking know you and I don't understand how this happened so I so but my thing is this also Michael, we've been talking about Michael wanting to fuck Juan forever. It's been obvious as fuck. It's all anybody wants to talk about, okay? And it's fine. We all want to fuck Juan, okay? Fine. Join the club. Get in line, Michael. We want to fuck Juan. But, <laughs> great, my kids are probably out there like, Bobby wants to fuck Juan. <laughs> but, but, why does Michael continue to do this shit on screen? Because he doesn't care about Ashley. I'm mm-hmm. sure she's talked to him about being embarrassed, about like, well, you know what that looks like. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying. But this, he yeah, this doesn't it. add up to me because when all those accusations about like, is he gay or does he like men? You know, Ashley's like, this is really damaging to his reputation and his work and blah blah blah. And it's like, okay, but why does he keep keep continuing to do this then? Yeah. And Juan, I know that we like to act like Michael and Juan been fucking, and that's why Michael was so mad about Juan proposing. But the way Juan talks to Michael is the way you talk to your daddy's new girlfriend's brother. I don't have to do with you. I don't know you. Uh, Hey, Chief, what's up? All right, man. Yeah, you. you you Oh, you were never. You've been true to me. You know what? You ain't even got to say that. All right, all right. Like that's how. That's exactly. One hundred percent correct. He talks to him like like Michael has no idea this. They are not friends. They're Juan not is not your friend, Michael. Imagine what? How old's Juan? How old's Juan? Maybe is he what he about to hit forty or at forty? He's got to be in his forties. Yeah. Okay. What, what does Juan have in common with Michael? 
Why would Juan and Michael even fucking know each other if it wasn't for this show? <laughs> they wouldn't. He, I was thinking, he was talking to him like a shareholder. Yeah, like, NBA player, player, and this is like a shareholder in the in the team that he's playing on, and he's just like making conversation with this guy, yeah. and the guy, you know, just just appeasing. Like you don't want to piss him off, but also I don't know you, <laughs> right? And it's like, oh yeah, ha, ha, ha. like like a fan going to he- honey, going on the bachelor party, ha ha. ha. But it's like, why well, I'm thinking about you, and I think. I think people that watch this and don't see that don't understand black culture. You know, when Juan said to 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 Michael, when he goes, we're gonna go meet and and he's like, me and you, and he's like, you know it. Like, like the way he said that, I was like, y'all, y'all have never talked to an old black man. Y'all ain't never talked to somebody who don't fucking want to fucking talk to you. And it's just like, yeah, okay. You have you never done that? What is wrong with you guys? I just, I, and let's say Juan is willing to fuck, let's say Juan's bisexual. You think he's going to fuck Michael? Juan's got his bitch. Juan can fuck anybody. Me and my husband will go fuck Juan. Okay? My husband doesn't know about that. But we'll do it because he's so fucking hot. Like, I don't get it. So, I bet you all the time Michael texts Juan and Juan doesn't text back for like three days. You know, like you do to me, Kara. No, stop it. <laughs> stop lying on this. Um, yeah, I, I bet it's like, oh, you know, Michael's texting him at like 1242 in the morning. Yeah. Hey, mate. Hey, mate. Go meet me. And then three days later, Juan's texting me like, oh, sorry, bro. Like, I was, uh, I went to bed early. Like, hope you had a good night, you know. Juan probably time. wakes up in the morning, looks at his phone, and Michael's been liking his pictures from two years ago in, on Instagram. Three missed FaceTime. <laughs> right. And he'll just he, be like, this man is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Because I'm like, this is not just Michael has a crush on him. This is like, Michael clearly has no understanding of their, their relationship dynamic whatsoever. I also and think that's Michael is part. getting what he wants from people. And I also think there's a racial dynamic and a power dynamic between him and Juan that he expects. But Juan... What he doesn't get about Juan is Juan's been a basketball star his entire life. And yeah. so and Juan's been hot for a long time too. So Juan is very used to being like, All right, see you later, man. Okay, all right. Oh, exactly. my, I don't know what my phone yeah. is, man. I don't like he's used to that. Yeah, I mean he can choose with the best of them. Yeah. So like I do want to while we're talking about Juan, I do want to understand. Who hurt y'all that y'all think that Juan and Robin are a good couple and are a fairy tale couple? I don't think they're a fairy tale couple, but I also probably wouldn't call anybody a fairy tale couple. I think that I understand why people feel the way they do because I feel similarly in that, like, there is that camaraderie that they've clearly lived a lifetime with each other and there's that familiarity and like comfort with them. And I think that's what people get mistaken for. Like they're having like off the charts chemistry is that they just have a long history with each other. They have a long history with each other. They've known each other since they were in high school. Yeah. They have been through a lot of shit together. Juan's an affable guy. 
Mm-hmm. Robin is definitely a beta. Okay? These are people that... that Robin and Juan are the type of people that get along with anybody. Okay? But so, they're also... The other thing is that, like, they're also... Even if, you know, we can we can say, you know, we can have the conversations about beauty standards all you want. Mm-hmm. But everybody, deep down, likes when two people who are equally attractive are yep. together. Yes. Like, it just feels right. Yes. <laughs> they are a good couple. And if they had a sex tape, I would put my credit card into a shady website to get it. They are hot. The two of them. 100%. Yeah. But I think it's hard for me to like listen to people talk about how 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 wonderful it is for them to get reengaged and how but I'm like their relationship is irrevocably broken, guys. Their relationship is bad. And mm-hmm. I also believe the two of them are very non-confrontational. And so I think a lot of shit goes down and non-addressed. And I just, one, if Juan wanted to be married to Robin, they would be married. I think he doesn't have a problem being there with Robin. He loves Robin just as much as you would the mother of your children, someone you've been with. What have they been together? Like 25 years? How long have they been together? Yeah. 20 years? He's 42, and she's older than him. I think she's a year older than him. So, And yeah, they, they met in high school. They've been together a long time. She met him, I believe, right after her sexual assault. Um, like, he, his, she met him right after his parents both died of AIDS. Mm-hmm. And they're both, um, they both had addiction problems. Like, he, they are trauma bonded in so many ways. And I get it. It's like Kate and Tyler from Team Mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get that you guys think that they fit together perfectly, but what are you saying? What are you? What do they fit together and make? I just don't believe that they really want to be married. I don't believe that they have resolved the issues in their relationship, and I think that Juan was talking about being in love with someone else. And he came back. He left her because he was in love with someone and that didn't work out he came back. And I don't know that I could be with somebody that left me and only came back because the other person left them. Yeah, I mean, to have like a whole article about how this is like your person and how supportive that person has been to you and how loving your relationship is and how like, you know, never knew a love like this before. That's yeah, I don't know how you share a bed with somebody like that. No, and then you're the one that I heard say this. That speech where he talked about how terrible he'd been to her and just mm-hmm. said, you want to do it again? I would have said, no. You just mm-hmm. reminded me of why I don't need to. It's right. it's too much. And I just felt like, I feel like down the, if if they stay together, it doesn't mean it's successful. All you have to do... My anniversary was just the other day, guys. I've been married 13 years. The secret to a long marriage is not to get divorced. That's it. The length of mm-hmm. relationships does not tell you how good a relationship is. And so just... If they just stay together because they're affable people who are non-confrontational, who don't also have the funds to move, that doesn't mean they're in a successful relationship. That just means they're poor. And we've all been there. <laughs> I just... Just because they're hot doesn't mean they belong together. Just because they're poor and can't leave each other doesn't mean... Like, come on, guys. And I'm not trying to take Robin down. Robin make more money than I make any day. Like, Robin's doing way better than me, even with her tax lien, even with those ugly-ass hats. Who go, 
Who gets a hat line? Did we even see her in a lot of hats? Didn't she wear like two hats one time? And it then came she- out of nowhere. What the fuck, Robin? Like, Robin, the, the house flipping shit was better off than this. Like, you guys should open a basketball a moving truck. Hmm? Not a moving truck. One of those like four, 14 yeah. wheelers. Yeah. 18 wheelers. That makes more sense. I could see Robin driving one of those, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I just. And. So the person in my mentions last night that was trying to convince me that all the contracts on this show for next season have been signed six weeks ago and that the only person who wasn't coming back was Robin, that everyone else had already signed, okay? I was like, I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I feel like for like people like us, we have to have this conversation every, after every... During, uh, you know, reunion time, towards yeah. the end of a season, with every franchise, every season. How many times does Bravo TV have to say, we don't send out the contracts until after the reunion? Yeah. Nobody makes these official announcements until, you know, it, we don't have to do this. And, like, most of the time, how many rumors have we heard that turned out not to be true? All of them. I feel like they're happening less now, but... But still, like, I, I was just like, that's not, that's not how it works. Uh, they don't, like, and I'm not saying Monique was not offered a contract, or Monique was not verbally told how to call this is, we're going to have you back. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that they have not set a cast in place yet. They haven't been like, this is no. the cast. That's not how it works. And so, but even though I was like, I will be happy to see Robin go. I will be happy to see that because Robin's storyline is not compelling. And she could definitely be a friend of, and it would be fine. And her kids are bad, and I don't like seeing them on TV. So there you go. <laughs> I yeah, I, I I understand why Robin works, and I think she's coming into her own this season. I feel like she's been the most necessary because I think that there were times where, especially in the beginning of the season, where we see her correctly assess what's going on and where everybody's at. Like, in the yeah. beginning with Monique and Candace, they were at some kind of, was this, like, Ashley, where she announced that she had a rip in her booty hole brunch, <laughs> where, Ashley, where Robin wait, is, like... Where you keep going? Ashley loves to tell us about her body parts. Remember the first season, and she was like, I'm not wearing any panties, and my cootie's sweating. Look, there's a big wet spot on the back of her fucking dress. <laughs> when, and, and Robin correctly said, girl... <laughs> <Put some panties. laughs> Ashley, all right, go on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So let's end this on the backlash with Andy. So I saw a lot of people. Andy, Andy was trending on Twitter. Yeah, and. <laughs> I saw a lot of people saying that they felt like Andy was being really biased in Candace's direction. Um, that Monique was basically treated by Andy the same way that Denise was treated on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. Mm-hmm. And that basically he was going so hard towards these individuals that they ended up feeling like they needed to quit the show. 
Okay. Um, can we talk about what Andy does now at the show? Yes. So one of the things that struck me is when the shit came out on Vanderpump Rules and Andy very quickly let us know he does not have the power to fire people <laughs> from not on his own. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like Andy just puts an X on your face and now you're gone. Right. right. That Andy used to work for Bravo. And now Andy does not technically work for Bravo. He works. He's got an executive producer credit on the housewife shows and he has a separate entity that he works that works in connection with Bravo. He's does, he's not in programming at Bravo anymore. Okay. And so there are suits at Bravo. So when people get fired, okay, or don't work there, okay, he, he, I'm not saying he doesn't get to say, he doesn't have a say about anything, but my understanding, you correct me if I'm wrong, is that production, the network are, are decision makers are the main decision makers on these things. And that Andy gets a, gets a fee for hosting these shows because Andy's always hosted them back when he was on programming at Bravo. What is your understanding of what what Andy does at Bravo? Oh, for these shows. Um. So for now, like if we're talking purely present day with Potomac, I don't think he has anything to do with them outside of just hosting the reunions. Right. So like you don't get a call from Andy saying we want you back next season. Like Andy's not in charge of like. I, he used to be in charge of a lot of things over Bravo, but over the years. Andy doesn't really work at Bravo and it's not, this isn't what it, so a lot of times people give Andy a lot of power, much like on Vanderpump rules. People would be like, what? How come Lisa Vanderpump doesn't fire so-and-so I'm like, she can't fire anybody. She's what do, why do you guys think that she has the power? She, maybe she gets to some meetings, but she's not going to be like, I don't like Kristen anymore. So she's got to be off the show. That's not how it works because just because it says executive producer. And I don't even, like, I think you're right. I don't even think Andy says executive producer on Potomac. He might just have it on the ones that were, you know, going when he started, when he was in programming. So when I see Andy hosting these shows, first of all, I doubt sometimes Andy watches the shows. I think mm -hmm. he sees like three episodes, maybe. Like, you know, when, when he's when he's sending out those tweets at the beginning of the season going, it's going to be crazy this season, I think he's seen a couple of pieces. I don't think he watches right. the shows. He's like a Dr. Drew for Team Mom. I'm like, you don't, you don't know what happened this season. And so <laughs> I don't think Andy's ever done a really good job, to be honest. He asked about boobs, about uh, uh, plastic surgery, because those are things he cares about. He gets in he gets entranced with certain people, Jax. He's really into Jax, certain stuff like that. But I don't think he does a good job. And I and I'm gonna agree with certain things that Andy, when he's talking to black housewives, when he is talking to your medicine wives, as Funky Naniva calls the American medicine girls, if you when he's talking to them, he acts very different than when he's talking to your Beverly Hills girls, your New York girls. I I will say he seems the most familiar with the New York girls, but like you ever notice how sometimes somebody will say something on 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 Atlanta reunion and and Andy'll kind of do his neck. And I'll be like, "Andy, you, nobody's 
nobody's shaking their neck in that in the around the way girl fashion. Why are you doing that? Like it, it almost feels like the most he's been around these types of people is at these reunions. That's what it feels like. Right. And so he is out of touch in a way that like if they got somebody, I don't know, I'm about to throw out a name, please don't hurt me for it. If they got a Monique, you know, <laughs> boycott Monique Netflix. <laughs> boycott. <laughs> if they, you know what I'm saying? That she yeah. relates differently to these women because she is a black woman. And because she probably does watch these shows and the way that Andy does it. And they suck up to Andy because Andy is so close to the network, but he's not, I don't know. He, it, it's good to have Andy on your side, but it's not like he fire, hires and fires solely on his own or anything like that. Agree. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I think, yeah, people do give him too much power because they don't really know what his job is. I think that, I don't know. I, I lost it. I had it and I lost it. <laughs> I talked too much. I apologize. But do you think he is different with the black housewives than he is with the white ones? Um. Okay. So here's what, and I don't, I feel like I'm going to misquote, but what I saw was that Andy had kind of addressed the how he reacts to different housewives franchises by saying that he goes harder with the ones that he's not invested in like the ones that he's not really friends with no the ones that he's not like producing actively producing so, so you think that's because he's like he's because he's actually not actively producing he feels like he has more leeway to, in what he can do yes okay Okay. Um, whether or not I agree with that, though, is a different story. I uh, do. I think he goes harder. The uh, I think that Andy has a lot of things that he probably needs to unpack, and things that he said that I don't like and make me feel uncomfortable when it comes to his level of comfort with the black community. Like I think he's a little too comfortable for me. But it's also, like, you bring up a good point of, like, there should be somebody who's, like, actually comfortable with Black people on, like, a a more intimate level than Andy is. And maybe yeah. they need to find somebody who can um, be a host for those shows. But is that fair? Like, do we want that? I feel like once you start that, then you have to do it with all of them because I don't I don't think Andy's qualified to host any of the shows, to be honest. I don't think he asked the right questions, but I also don't think that's Andy's fault because I don't think Andy's in the back with a with a legal pad writing down the questions. I don't totally. think that. He totally. doesn't put together the clip packages. He doesn't, totally. like, the way that he kept going for Monique is because that's what he had in his hands. That's not, Yes. you know, he... I don't know. He rolled off some gymnast that morning and came into work. He didn't. He he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. So I just feel like we, he gets too much power in a lot of ways. But he also is the wrong choice. And I also wonder. So who do you, I guess production puts together the reunions? The same production that does the whole thing, right? Uh, I don't know. 
if it's that the same would, production for everybody. It, it feels like it would make sense. It feels like the, the production company that does your show also puts on your reunion, because who else would it be? Sure. Like They don't have a special reunion production. So I think that when we need to make a blame for like who was like, no, Monique is crazy. <laughs> that is production. That's not... And I'm not saying Andy isn't a part of production. I mean, he is a host. He does have more leeway than just some hired host that comes in. He's not Mario Lopez that shows up. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm like, dude, this is not... He isn't the one that decides that we're going to ask Monique these questions and we're going to show these clips. That's not how... That's not what he does. I don't... At least I don't believe so. If somebody else knows otherwise, let me know. Um, Yeah. I just think that he's like, he's always been a bad host, to be honest. Uh, He. I mean, I think that there could be something to be said about. There were, there are probably a lot of times that we can cite in history where he is, his delivery towards the black Uh housewives are different than, yeah. And he will hold them more accountable that yeah. probably is rooted in some sort of like, you know, black women are stronger, tougher, you know, do I really want to sit here and make Kyle Richards cry again? No. Yeah. And talking about the tears, like Monique, Monique's failure to cry all season, right? Until the very end. Mm-hmm. People talk a lot about that. And I was thinking to myself, as someone who's not a huge crier, usually myself, I feel where Monique's coming from, where she keeps going, why do you guys need me to cry? You know what I mean? Like, why, why do I need to come to... I mean, she did cry in other seasons, but I mean, other scenes, I mean, like, with the girls. Yeah. I... I can understand her being defensive of, of being, like, why do I have to, like, kowtow to you guys? She's got her armor on. She's yeah. coming in there trying to save her, being defensive from you. She's not going to come in there and cry. Candace is crying all this time because Candace has had experiences where if she cries, people comfort her. And I don't know that Monique's had, Monique's talked about her growing up. I don't know if Monique's had that. So, no, and I, I haven't either. I'm not a, like, I've never fainted and someone's like, oh, get princess. I've been like, bitch, get off the floor. We got places to go. Like, I, so like, I don't, that's not how I was like socialized. So I don't cry all the time. Like when I go into situations like that. And so Mm -hmm. like, I don't know why I was talking about that. I was just thinking about how Andy thinks about black women and, you know, he thinks of us as like snapping. He thinks of us as Nene, honestly, that's what he thinks of us as. And not all of us are that. And I don't know, but they're like, Andy needs to get fired. Andy's not going to get fired, guys. Andy's no. not going to get fired. <laughs> no, definitely not. Potomac's not, not going to get canceled because Monique don't want to come back. Like, I don't, Andy gets this all the fucking time. Do you, do you know how sometimes we're on Twitter and we see people tweeting, Andy, can you call Kelly Dodd and tell her to stop saying <laughs> Right. <laughs> who, is, who do you think Andy is? Andy right. just he knows these women, but not like that. He's not in charge of Kelly Dodd. Wait. And right. honestly, when we think about how, and like Andy's bone gold, so many reunions, so many Vanderpump reunions, so many Beverly Hills things, so many, I don't watch Southern Charm, but I hear he bungles Southern Charm too. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I heard he really fucked up one of the last Below Deck reunions. I heard he really, like people really got up in arms over that. I, you know, I only started watching Below Deck uh, this current season, so I wouldn't know, but I've heard things. 
I can't watch it. It's on a boat. Oh, one, <laughs> I, one thing I do want to talk about. I want to talk yeah. about Chris's I wish I was Bruce Jenner comment. Yes. I don't want He profusely apologized, but he didn't specifically apologize for being transphobic. Yeah. I think his And apology- I'm sorry I dead named Caitlin too. I'm sorry. I just, that's what he but, said. I mean, that's what he said. And I, that's important to note that he did dead name Caitlin. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, there are a lot of skeletons in Monique's closet. And a lot of her, you know, anti-vax, QAnon. Like, there were some points where she was accusing Andy, low-key, of being part of, like, the whole QAnon organization. And I think we should unpack that. What? What did she say? She said something like, it was like a subtweet. It was somebody who said, you know, how they would like to be vague. And it was something about, you know, like, oh, these, like, top people in Hollywood or or somebody's about to be exposed and, you know, wait for, you know, in the next three days there's going to be, you know, it was kind of a blind item Mm -hmm. about some, some, whatever description that sounded like Andy was about to be outed for, you know, something. Oh. And she she suggested like, oh yeah, I heard about this too. Like, it's definitely gonna happen. And it, it did I don't it know what the suggestion was, but it was Andy. No, I. So one <laughs> of the things that I was like, well, production runs the reunion. I think that Monique did a lot of social media talking this year about the show, about the way the show's run. You know what I mean? And I've I, never seen anything like it, really, where people were so supportive of her not having seen their receipts. Like, she, if she hadn't been completely in the wrong, <laughs> she she would have played that beautifully because everybody was like, I am so happy that you beat her ass. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited. And it's because she came out. I mean, she does definitely do that. But I think that the reason production really gave it to her at that fucking reunion is because she was talking shit about production up to the reunion, about the show and about how they treat people and about, you know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. they tend to do that. They tend to do that with people who talk shit about the show. Like, my mom was, girl, my mom, first of all, I was telling my mom about the sh- of we were talking about uh, Potomac and Atlanta, and I was telling her who I'd like to see go, and she's like, you know who I'd like to see go, Sheree, because she hasn't done anything for a lot of seasons. And I said, you know what? Because she ain't been on the fucking show. She's not <laughs> on the show. That's why. That's why you're bored with her. She doesn't have any scenes because she's not on the show. And she was like, oh, and she was just like talking about, like just talking to her. I was like, oh yeah. You are just the viewer of the fucking show, or barely, because you think Sheree's still on the show. But, like, and she was saying, you know, well, maybe Nene will come back. And I was like, girl, Nene will never come back. You can't change your name to Nene Slave Leaks. <laughs> and right. And Andy's a racist, and that the, the production, like, you can't come back. She's, she's yeah. over here telling them to boycott Bravo. Like, once you do that, you've crossed the line. And I feel like what happened is Monique pushed a little bit and they pushed her back at that reunion. And then if she hadn't done anything else, like she could have gone back on the show, but 
I would have. I I believe it would have eventually got to the point where she was threatening to sue them. I I, I yeah. definitely yeah. All right. She she fumbled the bag. So what it? I I have concerns honestly about the next season. What what are your concerns, Kara? My concerns are. Um, Pastor Holy Horror has made it very clear that he's never going to be on the show again. Good, because he's so not in a real relationship with Giselle. It's fine. <laughs> I just <laughs> feel like we're going to get a much more uh, curated Giselle, a much more conservative, you know, like, I just feel like she's not going to be very forthcoming anymore. And she definitely moves the story like, she, she is a story engine. She will just be like, Oh, you should be mad at... Oh, we didn't even talk about Wendy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was thinking how she looked at Wendy and was like, oh, I understand, but who you really should be mad at so-and-so. Like, that's what Giselle does, and I wonder if she's going to be doing that next year. Um, do you want to talk about Wendy really quick, just so we can, like... Yeah, you... I mean, I just feel like Wendy, like... People... Wendy had a lot of polarizing opinions about her. I... I think moving forward, we should give Housewives an automatic two-season run. Because it's almost like a presidency. Like, you really can't get things done until the second term. Like, I, I see what you're all about, and I can pick up on it. But, like, the action really needs to get done once you've been established, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I also... And- I think she's learned her lesson this season. I think I think she could come back next season and be very different. I Isn't it so interesting that her storyline was, am I going to go back and teach at John Hopkins? You done. You can't get on the Real Housewives of Potomac. Like, when you got on the Real Housewives of Potomac, did you think he was going to go back to CNN and do some, some talking heads on, <laughs> on politics? Did you think that? <laughs> Bitch, when you signed that contract, he was done. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah, I would, I'm more interested in seeing, like, what her next personal storylines are going to be, because, yeah, we had the, what am I doing with my career, particularly as a Nigerian woman who's supposed to, you know, upheld all of these, you know, things with my family, and then the stuff with Eddie's family, and now they're estranged. I'm not Um, sure... I yeah. What I hope for her next season, which ties us back to what we're talking about for next season, is I hope that she works on her foundation color and matches that shit. I hope that she, you know, just upgrades herself in quite a few ways with her wigs and stuff like that. And I hope that she comes back with a a big sense of humor about herself that mm-hmm. seems missing this year. And it's not that I don't think she should be proud of her degrees. It's just that she. She did show a couple, like, the slinking out and all that. Great. But I feel like she took herself entirely too seriously with this crew. And she came out the gate real extra, and it wasn't necessary. Like, she could be, there are times where she reminds me a lot of, like, Jen Shaw. Are you watching Salt Lake City? I am keeping up with Salt Lake City. I'm waiting till we get to 10 episodes so I can watch the entire thing. But I am keeping up. And you're right. She does give this 
it's a like performative i've watched the show i've studied housewives and i know what i want to see like i'm giving you guys what i think the fans want to see on the show and it's not hitting for me personally like there are times where jen shaw is great Mm -hmm. when she's just herself and then there's other times when she's riding in on you know roller skates and hula hooping like she's fucking Punky Brewster, <laughs> where it's like I don't really need to see that, right? Right. It's, and you, and it's, it's and it's desperate. It's very desperate. It's very thirsty. Kenya gives me this sometimes. Sometimes it's like cringeworthy. It's like well, you just don't even have to do that. Like, and then so there are sides to Wendy that I really see. And then there were a lot of times where she was ingratiating herself in conversations that she didn't need to be in, where she wasn't there for the history of why these people might be. Where she should have been at. asking more questions and not yeah. answering. And what, to her to her credit, I believe she watched every fucking episode and she thinks that she was there. And yeah. so you're like, well, I mean, I you understand how you get confused and <laughs> you're like, yeah, like, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope she gets another season and I want her to get, I want to see what next, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I want to see what your next season looks like when you're not trying so hard and when you've got a little, you've, you've, you've seen yourself on TV. So you're going to, you're going to tweak a few things. I, I be ex- yeah. I'm excited to see that. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to get us, I, I am worried about next season. And it's not because of the loss of Monique, because Monique carried this season on her back because that's all we talked because she beat someone up and that's all we could talk about. But <laughs> she has never carried another season. So what is everyone talking about? She's never, I mean, she's been fine, but she's never carried, she, it's not like Monique's carried this entire show all the way to the fifth season. No, she didn't. So <laughs> all mm-hmm. we have to do next season is for there to be something to talk about. And what we need to talk about, what I think next season should focus around is the dissolution of Karen and Giselle's relationship for real? Because Giselle, I think Giselle has finally realized Karen is not playing with her. Like yeah. I'm done with your ass. We need to get get back to to that because honestly, what these shows are about are friendships. Okay, uh, I know that sounds corny, but that's what they're about. They're about dy- shifting dynamics between women and friendships. And so, and Giselle. And that's why shows where nobody ever knew one another at all don't work. And shows like Jersey, the first couple seasons of Jersey, and even the first couple seasons of Atlanta where these people knew each other worked mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. But so that's why you need your Karen and your Giselle because they are actually been in each other's lives for a long time. That's why Robin can stay as a friend of as long as she is willing to get out here and, 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 and play in the game. I'd love to see Robin dig her way out of Giselle's ass. I would love to see what Robin says when she is not worried about being friends with Giselle, like, like after they've had a fight or something. I would love to see that. Um, yeah, that would be like a Bethany and um, Jill level breakup. Because we see that like Giselle respects Robin in a way that she doesn't respect anybody else on the show. She well, hears her. She yeah. My concern, um, maybe concern is not the right word, but I wonder if this is going to be like that season of Vanderpump where Katie and Schwartz got married and it was all about, you know, Katie, the build up to the wedding 
And um, suddenly Katie, who's been in the background for the first two seasons, it, it's her time to shine. <sighs> I'm curious to see how that's going to be because I feel like a lot of the big story is going to be like Juan and Robin's wedding. No, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. No, no. No, no. Two people getting remarried is not exciting to me. People, two people getting married is not exciting to me. It's only going to be exciting if Juan leaves her. That's the only way it's going to be exciting. <laughs> they, they absolutely need to bring in some new talent. And I think having Candace on the, on the cast is good because she is a natural villain. Even when she's trying to be good, she's a villain. Mm-hmm. And so I like that. I want to see. I want to see some younger girls. And I, I've been saying that about across all platform, all franchises. I want to see some younger girls. I want to see some people who have more, who just don't have that much to lose. And so they're like, whatever, let's do it. Who do you want to see bringing somebody in? Not Candace. Um, <laughs> she brought in Wendy and I don't like it. Wendy, but they don't, they don't. Their lifestyles don't match. Like, they don't it makes match. sense to bring Wendy on as a part of an ensemble, but it doesn't make sense for them to really be friends and to oh. think of them and friends as friends like we do Giselle and Robin. They are not friends. That's why. <laughs> but I would, what I'd like to do is I'd like Karen to bring someone on. I want Karen to bring someone on. And I want them to let Sharice be a friend of because she's been trying to get back on this show and she'll say and do anything. So hard, girl. (laughs) Did this bitch find out where they shooting and she will be in the bushes? And and you'll be like, Sharice, you'll be like, oh hey, girl, pulling fucking leaves out of her hair. She's like, I'm just walking by. Like, Sharice, what are you doing? But let her be back on the show. Sharice Jackson said that she was, Jackson Jordan said that she was like, above the show and like she could be doing something else and yet here you are like where's Waldo in the corner absolutely absolutely I I just feel like and it's so interesting because she's left the show I think she left the show in season three I believe I believe and ever since maybe she left it in two and so three four and five ever since she's been in the fucking background she's the one that had Sherman's wife all around. She's the one. Yeah. She's a... so let her be a friend of. She will be a Marlowe. She will say whatever. She really will do and say whatever. And that's going to be exciting. I yeah. I also want I want Ashley gone. I've never been a fan of Ashley. Old Ashley got on my fucking nerves and new Ashley seems fake to me. I don't want to and I the problem is like I would get over it if she, I didn't have to look at Michael all the time. I think we have we have exhausted the Michael is a creep storyline. <laughs> where can we go? How many? I mean, where else can this journey take us? I'll he, tell you. I'll tell you. Michael shows up to Juan's birthday party with a big birthday box and he opens it. And what Michael has done is cut a hole in the bottom and put his penis in it. That's the <laughs> that's that's the only place we can go. And it's too fucking much. So why Michael like naked like Mr. Smithers singing yes. happy birthday Mr. President Dewan. Um <laughs> Yes. And so I don't want to see him anymore. I don't it it's and her having another baby, I don't care about that. You only get one baby storyline. I don't want to hear it anymore. So it's also I, like how many times can we hear like 
and I've said this before, like, I'm the happiest, me and Michael are the happiest and strongest that we've ever been. I've never been happier in my life. When she sat there and said this is the happiest she's ever been in her whole life. She's pregnant had a bad life. With Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <tough>. but <laughs> how bad, how bad she's, is it, kid girl? She's been homeless. Um, That's why she said I've got a roof over my head and money in my checking account and I am good. <laughs> true. True that. that restaurant um, where they were serving crocodile Dundee food. Remember that shit? <laughs> Remember him in the in the street saying he was gonna close the fucking restaurant, and she said she was gonna leave him and activate her prenup. That, those were the days. We're not actually <laughs> too guarded now, and we know yeah. what she's gonna say about. We know what she's gonna say about Michael. We don't need Ashley back. Get rid of Ashley. But Let do we? I want Ashley back if she can finally just be honest about the relationship. She's not going to be. <sighs> Ashley lives in our whole in our whole world, and I I don't know what it is, but I think Ashley being called a gold digger hurts her feelings, and she cannot. I she just she cannot admit that the lifestyle keeps her there, and that also now you've got two kids, and who wants to move two babies somewhere? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and maybe he's not always there. You don't really, you know what I'm saying? Or the other thing is, remember when she was about to tell us that she had an open relationship? Like she was hinting that she had an open relationship. And I was like, this is a lie, Ashley. If you had an open relationship, you would have told us that when you found his dick on Grinder. That's what you would have told us then. There's, it's a lie. It's a lie. Like whatever you're going to say is a lie. I want Ashley gone because I don't want to see Michael anymore. If she breaks up with Michael in the offseason, she can come back. <laughs> She's got to go. Let her go. Yeah. And then, so let Karen bring somebody on. But I want somebody younger. I want Robin as a friend of. And then I want them to bring in another person that's younger. So the main cast will be Karen Giselle, Candace. Candace, I don't know how you keep hanging in there. I really don't, girl, because I don't like you. Candace, new girl with Karen and a new younger girl that I don't know. Maybe Giselle brings in. I don't know. Maybe what happens is Giselle brings in a new younger girl and uh, Robin doesn't. It's like, you don't know this bitch and like that. Maybe that's what happens. That's five main people uh, Robin is a friend of. And I think we can handle that, right? Did I miss anybody? Oh, I said Sharice too. So Sharice can be a friend of too. So that's seven girls, and we don't do any home life stuff with Robin. None. I don't see her <laughs> at all. If Robin is going home, y'all wave goodbye to her, okay? Because we are not going with her. <laughs> We're not going to Baltimore with her, okay? And two, <laughs> they said she lives in damn near Baltimore, which is fine, but I'm just saying she lives far. And two, same with Sharice. I'm not going to talk about no fucking champagne room with that fucking list. You got to be in a group setting. That's the only way I want to see you. Right. <laughs> And I think we could do something. I don't think, I don't think Monique's the end of this. Do you? Do you really think Monique's the end of this? I don't think no. But I think I just feel like they're gonna have to work really hard to to try and recover. And I think they all the women need to be really conscious of like what it is they're gonna bring to the table because if we don't have Karen addressing her relationship, then what did we have from her? 
Yeah, that's true. But I mean, her relationship was a big thing, though. So I felt like putting that on the table was good because before she'd been denying it. Um, I mean, we got flashes of her like trying to redecorate that nine hundred thousand dollar teardown, but you're talking about Giselle. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I feel like we're gonna get you know Candace and Chris. Are they gonna have a baby? Robin and Juan. What's going on with their wedding? Um, Giselle? Question mark. Is it mean <laughs> that I want Candace to be infertile? <laughs> I want Candace to find out that she actually didn't even she wasn't even born with a uterus. I want and I want to be ready for listening. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean this. I mean I want Candace to actually go through something next year. Like a thing, a big thing that is bigger than Am I going to get my weave line? And, you know, it's bigger. It's so maybe what I don't want is her to be infertile. I want her to go through something that's bigger than herself. That's something to do with like. But I think the baby might be the good thing for that. I think it might be like, oh, how do I break the chain, break the cycle of the dynamic that I have with my mom? No, but then we have to have her pregnant and we have to listen to her crying about being pregnant. I don't want that. I want Candace. I want to see Candace outside of herself. I want to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I want Candace to get arrested for a DUI. I want something. I want Candace to something to rock her fucking world and her to be like, wait, maybe all this shit I've been doing all these years is not the business. Maybe it's not the move. Maybe the way I've been seeing things is completely wrong. I want, you know what? I want Candace to get saved. I want Candace to go through a baptism. I want no, because Candace- that's just going to be so much singing. It's not <laughs> it. Don't you want Candace to show up to a fight with a Bible? Don't you? <laughs> in, a, in a choir robe, don't you? I mean, I will say that Tamara's season where she pretended to be a Christian <laughs> was her best season. <laughs> with those where she got um, baptized in a, in a pool in, in Laguna Niguel. That was great for me. Well, that was also the season that uh, we found out about Brooks because that is at the the baptism that um, Heather is saying blah, blah blah some stuff about Brooks. That's also the season where they go, why would they show you the MRI or the scan or whatever? And and Tamara goes, yeah, why would they? Like I'm stupid. Like, <laughs> that's a good season. I don't know if the bat maybe maybe I'm just ready for some new stuff. And I felt like this season was very long. I, I assume that you really enjoyed it. Did you? How did you feel about the season overall? I really liked it. I felt like it was compelling the entire time. I, I mean, there were definitely parts where I was just like, I don't really want to talk about this fight anymore. I definitely didn't enjoy the respectability politics conference that all the women had, had about... Monique beat people up on a regular. They were like, we're scared to be around her. What, right. Why? I've never seen Monique beat anybody else up. What are you talking about? I'm I'm over Giselle clearly acting like she's thinks that she's better than than Monique. I you know what I don't if, like that. I just think it's stupid. What if Giselle goes in the foreclosure next year? What if Giselle? I'd love to see Giselle humble, but it's not going to happen. What if Giselle gets a DUI and her house falls down and her kids decide they want to live with Jamal 
and her green contacts fall out. No, that's not those are realized. But still, like, what if like she just loses everything and has to like rise like a phoenix to a better person? Girl, I don't know. She just posted a picture on Instagram. Well, not just, but earlier. Posted a picture of herself that says, that's a wrap. The library's closed, honey, until further notice. And then it's got all her social media handles at the bottom, which is uh, a choice considering she posted it on Instagram. Um, But the caption says, thank you. You know who you are. And there's a bunch of hashtags. Next chapter, moving forward. Onward and upward. I love my supporters. The library is closed. For now. For now is its own separate hashtag. Um, Giselle, you can't close the library. You didn't open it. The library got opened on you. What are you Candace. talking about? Candace. Oh, um, I thought it was Okay. <laughs> Candace. Um, and then there's some flip the Senate ones. Um, it's... Uh, a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Well, listen, let me tell you what. So people are thinking that maybe she quit. Maybe she's hinting at it. She's quitting the show, but I don't think there's a chance in hell she would have quit. Well, we're, you know, famously only very few people actually quit the show. Right. Uh, I think Bethany was one. There was one more. And like, she'd be even more stupid to leave now that Monique is leaving. Right, because then she can set the narrative for next year. She could be like a really nice person and 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 people would be like, whoa, Monique really was tripping. Like she could really change the whole fucking thing. Right. Um, oh, and I just to make sure, you believe Monique quit. I think Or you don't. Yes. I mean are you asking if I think she wanted to quit? No. Okay. I think she made a choice, but I don't think it's the choice that she really wanted to make. <laughs> I think she felt like her hands were tied for whatever reason. Okay. But you do believe she's one of the few people that actually was offered a contract and was like, no, I will not be on next season. I feel... I, I for something, Something's telling me that I just don't, I just don't think that she would lie. About this. I think she would lie. I just don't think she is. I just don't think it's possible. I just, I, it, it sounds plausible. And until somebody leaks the email where they were telling her something else and she's like, oh, I quit. And they were like, actually, we did not offer you a contract, bitch. But I think yeah, I will find out in the next 36 to 48 hours what the official, uh, <laughs> what really happened. But I, I think she quit. I think she chose to. 
All right. So now that we're at the end and we're almost done here, I did say that I was going to try not to talk about Real Housewives of Potomac, but there I was two and a fucking half hours talking about it with you. <laughs> I did say I was going to make this into Kara's business finally. So Kara, I have, I have some I questions. I have some questions, okay. Kara. Okay. And you are compelled to answer them under the law. So, okay. <laughs> first of all, Kara, yeah. I want to know who your mortal enemies are. <laughs> Give me three. I know you got more than that because I because we have the same attachment style. So I know you got more than that. But um, three people you hate, like on a personal level, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have beef with people. Okay. Generally speaking, okay. <laughs> It's not something that usually happens in my life. It's probably, I mean, I have not had a fight with anybody in a year and a half. (laughs) But before that, I probably had not fought with any, like, I could not even tell you how long ago it had been before that. So you seem like a nice person. I am and I'm a chill person and my thing is that like I try not to be in a position where I have to apologize so Mm. I try to be very thoughtful in my interactions with people if the situation requires it and so I don't have to be in situations where it's like there's all this drama and things that have to happen so I don't really have enemies on like a real visceral if I saw you on the street it would be an issue okay (laughs) um if I'm thinking about like people who's who could catch these hands (laughs) um who would you Monique go ahead and tell us (laughs) I'm trying to like I mean you know in the past four years it's mostly been people in the Trump administration but I'm trying to just like let that go because that chapter is about to be closed Lord willing Lord Lord willing Um, who do I really not like? Well, you know, I really don't like Ryan Reynolds. Now, why is that? Is it because of his face or the plantation wedding? It's both. And I just don't like the way his PR moves and how they navigate, like, his relationship with, like, Lively. And it's just, like, every Valentine's Day, it's like, look at this wacky card that, that... Ryan gave to Blake. Oh, he roasted her on Thanksgiving. And oh, look at this joke that Blake Lively. She she really got him back this time. She oh. really. They're a Kirsten Bell and Dax Shepard type couple. Yes, mm. where it's too performative. But I think with Dax and Kristen, it's actually like darker. There I think it's darker a, too. You're the one that told me about lot. them. Yeah, there seems to be a lot more dark energy happening with them. All right. Um, but yeah, I definitely hate Dax, too. I have more <laughs> questions. Um, Kara, give me the headlines about you losing your virginity. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Look, you're, come on. You're, you're in your 30s. Tell me. I was a bit of a late bloomer. So when I... Last year. <laughs> no. <laughs> when I was... When I lost my virginity, I was ready. I was like, 
not holding it too precious. I was just like, I don't care. This isn't going to be some like great <laughs> moment. With your virginity up in the air going, come and get it. I'm ready. Get it. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a come and get it, but it wasn't like, oh, it has to be the perfect guy in the perfect moment. We have to be in love. And like, I have to have feelings. Like, I just really didn't care. So, uh, yeah. It, okay. I don't want to. Late Are we in our 20s? I'm in my 20s. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, the guy was gorgeous. Yeah. And Do it was great. Do you still know him? Do you still hang out with him sometimes? No. Okay. All right. That makes sense, though. That makes sense. <laughs> I love that he was gorgeous, that your first time was with someone that was gorgeous and not with just like whoever was around. <laughs> Like, he was somebody that you're like beautiful. even embarrassed to be like I even knew this person <laughs> no 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 he was actually like p- still patting myself on the back about that one oh, okay. really hot yeah <laughs> alright so one last question in this uh, this segment of Kara's business um, so listen when I'm pretty sure you didn't like me when you first met me I'm fairly certain that you didn't like me when you first met Incorrect. me and I okay. said this because I think I told you one. I texted you one day that my vagina was tired and you, yeah. I said, look at this. Look at us. <laughs> I said, we go from you hating me to this. And you were like, that's not true. But I don't believe you, Kara. I. Yeah. <laughs> but then I told you that that was a sentiment that most people feel like I don't like them. And then they're like, oh, she's actually like a normal human being. Who expresses- I... What is it about you that makes people think you don't like them? I, that's what I would like to know. And you just said you don't, you couldn't even name like, like if you asked me who my mortal enemy is, I'd be like, the guy at Chipotle keeps messing up my thing. The other lady in Chipotle who doesn't wear her mask. <laughs> like, I can name like, I can just bam out some people. Two mailmen in Chicago, like easily people I hate. <laughs> so, but you don't even have that. So here you are a very nice person. And yet. No, so you know what Ricky Gervais Ricky Gervais said this years and years ago. He said, I'm never angry, but I'm constantly annoyed. And and so that's where I'm at. Like, I'm constantly annoyed, but I'm never, it's never, it rarely gets too deep. The last time I yelled at somebody, I think I talked about this on the podcast, was an employee of McDonald's. Oh, yeah? The one with the weed? <laughs> yeah, smoke, sharing a, a joint. What's in the weed? McDonald's. Sorry? It wasn't the weed that you were mad at them about, though. No, it was because we were at the beginning of COVID, right after the city had shut down, and he's sharing a, a blunt, a joint with somebody, and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. This whole city is shut down, this whole country is shut down, and you're sitting here sharing spittle with somebody <laughs> with your dumb ass. Do you think we'll ever be passing? Well, not we, because I don't. But do you think we will ever be passing blunts <laughs> with strangers again? Like my kids were asking me about Golden Corral, and I was like, "Baby, that's done. That's over. That doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it was nasty back then. It's disgusting now." <laughs> I just saw a um uh some people filming a video, a music video, and so yeah, they're they're definitely passing the blunts. Okay, they gonna still do that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess I've asked you all the questions. Um, and I just really appreciate you having me on because I feel like I don't get to go on your show enough, but that's fine. That's cool too. I 
<laughs> well, you know, you're answering my text messages, so I just have to like so, take baby steps. You know, my cycle is like every other month. I'm like, okay, how long do I have to wait before I ask Princess again? How long do I have to Whatever. wait before I ask this I'm just again? Going, Why is it going? I have to wait me? before I ask Troy again. I'm like trying to figure out how to get Troy back on the show. <laughs> no, honestly, you have really good guests. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm a guest right now, but I'm saying that like a lot of times I'm listening and I'm like, oh, how, where did she find this person? Oh, this person is really good. I think you do really well with guests and that getting people on who have something interesting to say and who. You know, it, it can be very easy to get into an echo chamber, like in my podcast, which is called By Pumpkin, guys. But I often like just like to have on people I like to talk to. And I don't really try to stretch myself in any way. And I always look to you as someone being like, look at Kara. Kara's got this person. Kara did this person. Kara, Kara, you explaining the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or OC, whichever one, to Melissa from Real World. And uh-huh. she went, uh-huh. <laughs> And then what? Huh? <laughs> oh, like her, she was just like, it was so funny. It was like almost like me explaining shit to my mom, where she was like, <laughs> "Need to do that." Like, so I just like, I was like, I, I think you're you're really good at that. So, you know, I mean, if if I bother you about being on your show, it's just because I want to be in good company. That's all. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? I really tried to. I one of the things when I started the podcast is like one of the very few things that like I was really like I'm going to be thoughtful about this and intentional about this one thing is like to have guests not just for clout yeah and have guests that like are actually going to be interested in the thing that we're talking about and actually like know what either like know what's going on or have no idea but I really am excited about them like enter starting that journey yeah so yeah, thank you. I, I thank you for appreciating that because I really like try to only have people on that I really like, which is not to say like if you haven't heard somebody on it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like them. I know. It just means that you're being intentional <laughs> about stuff and your I mean schedules and things like that. I mean, who knows we'll be on next time. So anyway, now that I've taken over your podcast, I'm just gonna go ahead and plug myself here. Guys, I'm Princess. I hope that you know my podcast is called Buy Pumpkin. It's very funny. If I do say so myself, um, <laughs> all this business I've been asking Kara about is just shit I freely talk about on my show. Whereas I talk about niche reality TV topics. I'm starting the Real Housewives of Miami um, starting this week, actually, when you hear this. And the whole reason I chose it is because Kara had not seen the Real Housewives of Miami. I was going to bully her into being on the fucking show and forcing <laughs> her to see Mama Elsa's face. And so... <laughs> I mean, if you think I wasn't acquainted with that beforehand, you're sort of mistaken. <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. You're right. Then she she was a meme for a long time. So, but I'm really excited about the new journey I'm on. Every season I do a new show. And and so we're going to do season two of Real Housewives of Miami. The, the season with She Beat Me to the Tweet and The Slap and all that. And Joe Francis. Ugh. So, <laughs> so... Yeah, I hope you guys join me. You can find me at buypumpkinpodcast.com. You can find me on the internet at okvenprincess on Instagram and Twitter. By the way, I was on the phone with my sister-in-law. And she was like, you are so funny. You should have a Twitter. And I just went, ah. (laughs) I don't want her to find my Twitter, but she's one of the smart sister-in-laws. And I've got the same handle on Instagram as I do on Twitter. She might find it. (laughs) 
living in fear. <laughs> so, Godspeed on that one. <laughs> thank, you. Uh, thank you so much for talking to me, Princess. This was Anytime. lovely as usual. All right. Thank you for having me, Kara. Bye. <laughs> Bye.